Holman. Do you think we got him? I think we got him! Ah! <laughs> April Fools! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so not sorry. Mm, so not sorry. Slow <laughs> clap. You <laughs> freaking got me. Are yeah. you kidding me? I feel like an idiot right now. <laughs> here I am sitting here thinking, oh, Look at this. The Truck Show podcast is out. I'm going to jump on it on Sunday night because it looks like something epic is about to drop down. <laughs> so I go, I download it on Stitcher. I start to listen to it. Freaking, it gets all buzzy. I go over to iTunes. I try it there. That doesn't work. It gets all fuzzy at the same spot. I'm like, dang, I messaged you guys. You guys are like, oh, we're working on it. I'm falling for your freaking thing. And then I realized it's going to be April freaking Fool's Day that it's supposed to drop. <laughs> and you guys got me. All I got to say is that this joke deserves a five star. Oh, <laughs> Five stars, sweet. <laughs> we got a bunch of those. Let's play another one. I think I was I was rolling pretty good listening to these guys. Hey, this is Mark. <laughs> Distortion. <laughs> April Fools, you got me. <laughs> nice. Sorry, Mark. <laughs> I can't believe I fell for it. Happy April Fools, you got me. Five star. Oh, hey, nice. five, five stars, sweet. <laughs> Lightning and Holman. It is Monday, April the 1st, and your April Fool's joke is the best. <laughs> you guys sure did start your show in a very different way. You dropped all kinds of crazy on us with that breaking news, which sounded a lot, at least on my crappy Android phone, sounded a lot like you guys doing yard work. I think I heard <laughs> some chainsaws, a weed eater, a leaf blower, uh, it had all the lawn equipment involved there. Uh, so I just wanted to thank you guys. You got me good. I was pumped up to hear about that truck that no one saw coming. But uh, the April Fool's joke was just as good. So kudos, guys. That's very cool. Uh, there was no lawn equipment. That was just pure <laughs> distortion. We um, we hatched that last minute and decided <laughs> we were going to have some fun with you guys. And, yeah. Um, we're not sorry. Nope, not sorry. You know what this is, Holman? What? Episode 62. Wow. Right? Would you, how much did you pay her to uh, do that for us? Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of, lot of free 99 right there. Episode 62. So, you know what's weird is that you and I were both at in Greece. No. Yes, we were. There's no way you were in Greece when I was in Greece. I was, well, I was more at a high school auditorium watching. Greece is the word. So I was uh, had a little Greece going on. Uh -huh. my, my, my kid was in Greece. Very cool. <laughs> what, what part did he play? Uh, he was one of the greasers, one of the backup singers. You know. So like, here's the deal: a uh, different Greece. Oh, you weren't there. No. In a no. high school auditorium in Long Beach, California. Nope. Oh, turns out hmm. I uh, was halfway across the world. Oh, I didn't really understand what you were talking about then. So yesterday, uh, <laughs> I I left. My well, acting skills suck. I have no I have no idea what time it is. I'm in the, I'm in what I call the time machine right now. Right. right? So uh, yesterday, when we got to the airport in Athens to leave, uh, we had three flights home. And I started my stopwatch, mm -hmm. and by the time I got home into my own driveway, I stopped my stopwatch, 25 hours. 
Oh my lord! <laughs> I was like, oh, it's a long day. You're I, just beat up from the feet up. Yeah, then. dude, I'm so tired right now. I'm like, I used to mock jet lag. Like I didn't understand it, and yeah. I would go to Vegas or New York. No. Is about it. And what I was lucky enough to go with H and R Springs, my buddy Roland, who runs the Western Hemisphere, basically for H and R Springs, and he he put me on a business class flight, and we went nice. to yeah, it was it was one of the best. I just called him out of the blue on Monday. And said, you need more frequent flyer miles? Can last you t- Monday. send me somewhere? No, and I thanked him. I'm like, you know what? All these years later, it was about 10 years ago. Yeah. And I said, all these years later, I cannot forget that trip. Like, it was so special. I shocked myself on an electric fence around a cow farm. That sounds about uh, right. On purpose. And uh, we went for a helicopter ride from Frankfurt to Cologne. And I was super sick because we were super drunk. And it was, uh, but I, I called him. I felt like, I just needed to to say thanks all these years later. It was just memories that would just come back, and I go, man, Aww. it was just weird. You know uh, John Flippiak over there? John Flippiak. Yeah, he's worked for us. He's uh, he's a tech, I guess the technical manager over there. So at H and R. Yeah, so I always see him at at uh, SEMA. He and I were both lamenting that H and R just doesn't have enough truck applications, and he was like, man, we we know we we and I They're, said, well, make you know, some product. some of your competitors are making yeah. a lot of no, truck products, uh, but Ibok. Uh, Ibach well, is moving. I wasn't going to say Ibach, but let us uh, say Ibach. But we can have uh, Mark over at our, Ibach, I think, would come on the show. And we, talk and I've known so many guys that we actually should talk to someone from Ibach. But anyway, I I was talking to Roland, and, he, and, and they are the masters of the race car domain. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So if you drive a Volkswagen, a BMW, any of the Lower Euros Springs, or Hondas, probably. coilovers. Get them into the truck market. I, uh, yep. he, and he knows, but right. it's it's a German-run company, and yeah, it's it slow. Is. Well, they don't, they don't get trucks over there the way that we do, right? That's, so that's exactly that's right. Whereas Eibach out here in California, they kind of do things you know, autonomously, right? They yeah. do have to answer back to Germany, but not really. Well, but they sort of have like a, I guess a subsidiary, I guess, sort of knows their market and they get to do right. cool stuff. So um, so we were both in Greece. We were both in Greece. Right. Um, yeah, I was out there with the Land Rover and got to drive their new little Evoke SUV, which is pretty cool. Okay, and, so don't uh, say too much about that. We got to get into the show first. And uh, another thing before we, we, we kick into this, I right now am missing, as we're recording this right now, uh-huh. I am missing my boy Yellow Wolf, who is about 100 yards from my clothing store in Long Beach, oh, really? doing a signing for his brand new Creek Water Whiskey. This is my boy. And I believe he's got a, does he have an F-150? No, F-100, doesn't he? He's all about Chevy, dude. Oh, is it Chevy? Me? Is he 10 Did guy? you just not hear this song right now? It's well, my box I'm, Chevrolet. Well, I mean, come on. I'm saying that he is all about this. Does, does he have the Chevy bow tie? I, yes, he does. I remember you telling me about him like in episode one or two. And every, or something every like time you're like, who is Yellow Wolf? I, I, yeah. Yellow Wolf is- But if he has whiskey, then uh, I, I like him already. If you know who- he, So Eminem kind of found him yeah. and brought him into his label, and he's managed by the same manager as Eminem, the whole thing. So he's at, on Interscope Records, and I don't know. I dig him. I'm not a fan of that many rappers, but I actually would have gone by. I'm a fan of any rapper that has good taste in cars and trucks. And he has amazing taste in trucks. Does he He's have a C10? all about it. He does. Lowered? Uh, you know what? It actually looks kind of stockish oh, in that it's like a farm truck. Uh, might, I wonder if it's, it's got a sleeper. It's got a big-ass mo- Oh, yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's built. The first thing he did with his money, he's kind of public about it, is he, he went and bought all the trucks that his grandpa had, yep. and he just decked them out. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that's always awesome because then there's, there's history behind it. Exactly. So I'm sitting here with you rather than hanging out with my man- 
Well, that's okay because you know, we're going to have wolf. fun. We're going to hang out with our uh, our truck show podcast listeners, and uh, thanks to our friends over at Nissan, we uh, we get to do this thing once a week, which is pretty awesome. So very grateful to Nissan. Five year, one hundred thousand mile warranty on the Titan, the Titan XD. And Don't miss that 5-liter Cummins, Titan boxes. They've got the uh, 2019's been upgraded with the new uh, Fender audio system. Uh, a lot of nice little details in the uh, in the new truck. And uh, Do you think that the Fender audio system will bleed over into some of their other cars like the Maxima and things I, like that? I don't know. I hope so. I hope they take that they, and they put it in. They crushed it when it comes to that sound system. Dude, it's, it's so clear. that, that What's amazing about that is the uh, Fender engineers designed it so everything is down the middle at zero without you messing with it. It's supposed to be really balanced. Nissan five-year, hundred thousand mile warranty. Uh, check out the Titan, Titan XD, the Frontier, the NV Vans, uh, the Armada I had last week before I went to Greece, which is badass. Yeah. Uh, and then don't forget our friends over at Debt. So if you need a storage solution, you may not know that you need a storage solution because you got a lot of crap rolling around in the bed of your truck. They are locking boxes that slide out, I don't know, four or five feet, I think. Pretty far. Pretty far. Yeah. So you can get, you can have your a long gun in one. Yeah. A dead body in the other. Um, and then, and then the like your, what's that? The wide one. And then you can have uh, your tools or your surfboard. They make cool toolboxes that drop in if you want to, you know, make uh, compartmentalized things. It's all modular. Yeah. There's yeah. dividers. It's so yeah. amazing. And there's it's made of this crazy industrial plastic yeah. that is impregnable. 2,000 pounds of payload. So yeah. uh, on top. On top of it. On top of it. So if you're looking for a storage solution, head on over and check out our friends over at deck.com. And uh, I think on that note, let's start the show. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck, because truck rides with the truck show. We have the lifted, we have the lowered, and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline. The truck show, the truck show, the truck show. Oh, oh. It's the truck show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. So we've got a couple cool guests on the uh, show today. Are they from Greece? This is the time, is the place, is the <laughs> uh, Only if your son is coming in oh, to okay. uh, talk to us. No, no, um, no, he's sick. You know, I, we've got, uh, oh, I hope he feels better. Yeah, is 101 it, fever right is now. Is it because he lives with you? <laughs> no, yes, of course it is. <laughs> Probably. Um, so, hey, well, real, yeah. as an aside, yeah. I'd love your C10 Talk shirt, by the way. Well, okay, we got to wrap our buddy Sh- Ronnie. Yeah, yeah, shout to Ronnie at yeah. C10 Talk. Yeah, you know, we love Ronnie. Ronnie hooked us up with a t-shirt when we were over at Lone Star Throwdown, and uh, I, I, this is actually the third or fourth time I've sported I like this shirt, and uh, I love I love it's a, the it's logo It's a push-button AM-FM receiver from an old uh, C-10, C-10. Yeah. and predates the cassette. Yeah, no, there's no cassette. There's no cassette. Uh, on it's just on our... cool, and so it's a C-10 talk. Volume and selector. So if you are a C-10 fan like uh, Yellow Wolf, you see what I did there? Mm. Oh, <laughs> look at you, yes. Then uh, go... Uh... In my seventh day. <laughs> See, I'm telling you. Yeah, right. So uh, head on over to C10 Talk. Uh, he, you can find Ronnie in the same places you can find us. But uh, so I've got a, a, a couple cool guests lined up. Uh, one is for a part that isn't very sexy, but completely needed if you're restoring your old truck. And uh, that would be uh, the folks over at Precision Replacement Parts. They make all the hard-to-find rubbers and gaskets for windows and stuff. And for anybody who has ever restored an old vehicle. 
That is one of the hardest things to get right. I guess you would just spend weeks and weeks on eBay looking for stuff. And Craigslist Absolutely. and junkyards, right? So, and I've got a story from these guys. So uh, so we'll talk to uh, Derek over there. So you remember our friend uh, Jonathan Ward who owns Icon, and they do all the awesome FJ uh, and uh, Broncos and the you know derelicts and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. He just built a Bronco, one of the early Broncos. And right now, Broncos are all the rage right now because we're getting ready for the uh, release of the 2020. So here is what's weird about the Bronco. I'm walking my dogs, uh-huh. my two golden doodles, and my three-legged mud. Uh-huh. And I'm walking down the street, and I'm looking at this guy's Audi. He's got, uh, what's the Audi? It's the, it's the one that looks like a Mercedes CLS. It's real. A7. Is it the A7? Mm-hmm. All right. So he's, it's not on bags, but it's low. He's clearly mm-hmm. put springs or something on it. It's white, blacked-out wheels. And then he's got a brand-new Toyota 4Runner. Brand, okay. brand-new. Yep. And it's this Probably kind of- like, Pro? Yeah. Cement color? Uh, or the blue? No, it's the cement color. Cement it's color, kind of yeah. like a- um, yeah, like a cement it's block lit- wall. Literally the the color cement. of cement. Is it? Yeah. It's yeah. A, and I'm and I'm pausing, and his garage door opens, and what is in there? A bright orange Bronco ground up restore, and I just drooled. I was drooling more did, than did my you, dogs. Did you pause? I walked. And I walked right up to him, and I said, "Tell me about this Bronco." And I'm going to save that story for another time. But it was this guy six houses over from me, and has a gorgeous Bronco. And you had like, no idea. I had no clue. He's so, just been hiding in there. So Broncos are seriously like one of the hottest things going on right now. Uh, auctions, uh, Barrett Jackson, uh, eBay, hard to find, hard to find uncut ones, hard to find original bodies. So you remember uh, Teresa and Sarah from LGECTS? The, yeah, 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 they the shop. Yeah, exactly. Our, one of our favorite uh, the, their dad, truck builders. Yeah, their dad, Louie, Louis, has yeah. a crazy, beautiful... Is it candy apple red, something like that? Is Bronco? it orange or red? I thought it was. It, it's a. Pr- it's pretty. It's a pretty. Uh, you know who else has one? But is. wait, wait. But he fully restored it. It's gorgeous. And then he took it when we were at uh, King of the Hammers, and he and he went as high as he could with it. And people were like, "You're taking that thing up here?" And he goes, "Man, it's a truck." Yeah. You know. And we're like, "Okay, it's gorgeous." And he just. It didn't crawl up the rocks, but he he did some no, serious off yeah. yeah, no, they built they built stuff to use. Uh, Center Force Will had one for a while too. I don't know if he still does, but uh, uh, Will Beatty over there, and uh, that thing was pretty awesome too. Okay, There's so your guy is all about. So anyway, so going back to Jonathan, right? So he just built and sold the world's most expensive Bronco. Interesting. So let me guess. $75,000. You're not even close, and uh, I'm going to save it for when Jonathan comes on here in a little uh, bit. Let me guess again. $200,000. Uh, still not close, and uh, we'll let Jonathan tell us all about Wait, it. Wait, what? Uh, I said the world's most expensive Bronco, and I wasn't kidding. So uh, huh. really cool story behind it. Um, I, th- I think uh, our listeners will, uh, will find it pretty interesting. But first, let's get uh, Derek Churchyard on from Precision Replacement Parts, and let's talk to him about restoration parts. Hey there. Hello. We're looking for a Derek Churchyard, please. This is Lightning and Holman for the Truck Show Podcast. What's What's happening? Hey there. This is Derek. (laughs) Hey, Derek. Hold on a second. Before you can talk, we have to play your intro. Don't move. Welcome to the parts department. Screw, nut, filter, oil, grill, tools, wheels, tires, brakes, lights, gears, belts. And your wife warns you not to. Don't you spend our money. And then you'll want to come back. Derek, you're in the parts department, my friend. 
How are you guys? <laughs> we're, we're doing all right. So we were just talking that uh, people don't understand how important rubbers are for windows on uh, on restos until they don't have access to them. And, uh, and it's not the sexiest part out there, but it is one of the most important parts. And you guys are sort of king in the industry when it comes to uh, remanufacturing the original fitting rubbers and gaskets for all your glass products, right? Absolutely. And, and, and I also want to find out before we can get, get into this, because we got a lot to go. Derek, where are you in the, um, on the totem pole over at Precision Replacement Parts? I'm the, I'm the marketing manager for the company. I do, I do a couple other things uh, uh, in the organization as well, but my main role is marketing. So. And where is that uh, accent from? Uh, Wisconsin, uh, duh. I'm originally, from, <laughs> I'm originally from uh, London, England, around that, that, that neck of the woods. London to I, Wisconsin. I, 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 I've been in well, I've been in the country for about twenty five years now. But I, I'm actually in uh, I'm in Tulsa, Tulsa, Oklahoma. If you can believe that, I'm smack in the middle of the country. How did you find Tulsa from London? <laughs> Sorry about it's that. A long story. <laughs> it's a long story. I'll take a few beers. <laughs> oh, okay, deal. Well, when we see you at we, SEMA, we, we will. Uh, we, yeah, we gotta we gotta hear about that. That's well, interesting. No, well, I, yeah, I, I, we'll, I, have to, we'll have to get together at SEMA. Sometime. We need the abbreviated <laughs> version, though, Derek. We need to know. We we don't just go right into the parts. We need to know. You ended up you. You have a cool accent. You always you sound smarter than us for sure. <laughs> Instantly, and then and, and, and you came from seemingly a, a cooler place than we you know come from, and you end up in Tulsa, Tulsa, Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. So is yeah, this because so, uh, you, you fell in love with a girl, or what happened? Well, yeah, you you hit the nail on the head. That's <laughs> uh, always a girl. Many many years ago. So uh, and she was yeah, over I there am. on holiday or something, and you followed her back um, to America. I actually came over here. I actually came over here. Um, I was uh, vacationing, um, uh, meeting meeting up with an old friend of mine, and uh, um, yeah, we, I, I met this girl, and we started. Uh, um, writing and calling for about two years. So it was two years of this long-distance relationship going on, and then, uh, yeah, I took the plunge. So Oh, my gosh. So I'll, I'll tell you, those Midwest yeah. ladies, man, you know, you got to watch out. <laughs> they got that uh, southern <laughs> charm. That's right. Oh, yeah, well, we ended up um, we ended up moving to Seattle, and uh, I stayed there yeah, for about 20, 23, 24 years. And decided to relocate in Tulsa. Um, a couple of reasons. Uh, Seattle just was a, a very price-driven market. Housing is extremely expensive up there. So, and wet. Um, yeah. So so then so then yeah. Well, to come down to Tulsa, I have I had I have relatives down here. If you can believe that, I have an aunt and cousin here. So uh, I thought this would be a good place to. To, to leapfrog. People. You're like a, a human pinball. You just bounce <laughs> yeah, around the country that's, from one side to the other. That's what it feels like sometimes. <laughs> so let me uh, tell you my story with uh, with PRP. And I've, as a lot of our listeners know, I have a 67 F100 and it's slowly being rebuilt. And You mean uh, the one that's under the cover that uh, your co-host got you the for one Christmas? The one that's dusty at banks sitting there for uh, you get back on it? Yes. Uh, anyway, so I've got my 67 F100. In fact, Teresa at LGECTS painted it for me. And I was working with a company that is known in the automotive aftermarket for uh, providing a large assortment of things, like a one-stop shop for people who are restoring particular vehicles. And I got all the rubbers from them, and I was very unhappy with them. And so because they didn't they fit, didn't fit or, right, oh, okay. the, the, the way the wind wings fit in, the way the, the, the channel, the felt channels were, it just, they weren't quality, they didn't fit right. 
and I was really frustrated. So I went online. Is it, is, I hate it when you get those and they're not pliable. It's like the rubber was well, sitting out in the backyard forever. And it's not that. I mean, they, they, there's definitely different levels of rubber quality in the aftermarket. But for me personally, it just they wasn't molded right. There were there are certain little tabs and there's certain little things that that you um, push in and they lock into the metal frames. And then there's also certain ways that the 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 metal felt strips that then lock in. And on the Fords, you kind of have to do it a certain way and they sort of clip in. And it just didn't fit right. And the the windows didn't like them and it just wasn't good. So I went online and I was trying to find, God, there's got to be somebody who makes a replacement one. I'll just pay for them. And I came across Precision Replacement Parts, which is PRP. So you weren't thinking I'm going to buy used or junkyard or anything? No, you no, just, I wanted to just Google it. I mean, the whole, the whole truck was a frame off. Like everything, like there wasn't anything original left and I wanted to find a good reman. I ended up paying my own money, you know, for the project. It's my truck. It, you know, I, I didn't want to uh, say anything bad about the other parts that had been given to me. Um, and I put these on and they fit amazingly well. It was probably, you know, it was an easier install. Uh, you could tell as you were snapping it, pieces it, into the channels. Oh, that, easier that, install because everything lined because up. Because everything lined up okay. and the way it went around the wind wing, everything locked into place. There were no gaps. The other, the other rubbers had like daylight coming through them. And that's sort of when I found out about these guys. I'm like, wow. You know, I started looking at their catalog. Were Our, you embarrassed that you didn't know about them prior? No, I mean, been, well, you've been no. in and around trucks your whole yeah, life. But I haven't. I don't build trucks every day, right? <laughs> but our listeners in the Midwest are going to love the fact that they make industrial gaskets for tractors too. Oh, nice! <laughs> Which is very cool. We so, indeed do. Yeah. yeah. So I had a great experience with uh, with your parts, and then we were on Instagram and and found these guys are uh, were following each other on Instagram, and I'd watched some of the builds coming through. I'm like, hey, you guys want to come on the uh, truck show? So here we are. Well, you know, your story is is fairly commonplace. Uh, I do quite. A I do quite a few shows throughout the year. I do probably about one a month. And um, I hear that quite a bit. You know, people come up to me, they've already made purchase, and, and they, they're just very unhappy with the quality, the fitment, and they're frustrated. And, and they literally, they, they share the same story you just, that you just told. And, uh, you know, we, yeah, I mean. It, Derek, it, Derek it, do you it, get it, painted with that same brush that they just assume that all of the rubber manufacturers are going to just, they're all getting it from the same Chinese factory or something. They're all going to fit like well, crap. Not, not so much that it's all painted with the same brush that it's all the same, but, but more of a case that, you know, people don't put enough stock in the fact that rubber, the rubber weather stripping is extremely important. As you mentioned, it's got to fit right. It's got to have all the right cutouts and grooves and stuff. So it's going to fit into the channels or, or where it's, wherever it's going. Um, and it, and so it's 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 very important. And um, you know when you know we've been in the industry since '86. It's a long time, and a lot of people are very surprised when they hear that because they don't really recognize our name. And like you you just said, you never really heard about us before. And you know over the last you know I do marketing now, and it's something that we really want to educate people out there that look. You know, you can't just go shopping on price point on this stuff. You you got to you got to use something that's going to fit right, that's going to do the job, and it's going to be quality. It's going to last. You know, and a lot of that stuff that's out there that simply, I mean, a couple of years and it's already dry rotten. That's that's not good. So, so were um, you advertising yeah. in places like Hemmings Motor News traditionally back in the eighties and nineties? Was that your stomp, we, stomping ground? We, we didn't do any advertising. What? Um, our main part, our main part of the business is is in the autoglass industry, autoglass replacement. So back in '86, uh, 
when we first started producing parts. In fact, the, the square body gasket was the first gasket we ever produced. That was the very first part uh, that we added into the market. And, um, you know, we were, we were selling it into the auto glass market. And then in the 90s, we decided, well, let's, let's finish off the vehicle. Let's do the door seals, the belt lines, glass runs. You know, let's, let's, do, let's do more of this stuff and get it out there into the restoration market. And so we were, you know, we were manufacturers, so we were selling to a lot of the big distributors out there. And, but, uh, you know, nobody was really pushing our brand. Nobody was really pushing our name. And then over the last few years, we just really felt that people are just, you know, everybody's just shopping on price. And it's like, you know, look, there's a, there's a difference here in the rubber and, and the products and the companies are selling. So we want to start getting our name out there and really kind of, you know, start doing that educational process of, you know, what it, what it means to have a quality product. So, Derek, tell us, bring us back to day one, if you know it, uh, for PRP. Like, how did the company get started? Um, well, it was, uh, it, it was a it was family-owned company. Um, it, 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 he, the, the, the guy who uh, started, he had a parts, a parts business, and he literally just stumbled on that there was, a, there was an avenue to produce um, aftermarket moldings or gaskets into the glass industry, because everybody was just buying OEM back then. Um, so so he, he saw the niche and saw there was a demand for it, and that's, that's really and how And the OE got. stuff was going away. Like, you guys were coming in when there weren't yep. OE parts available any longer, and there were just cheap alternatives. So what makes your product better? What do you focus on quality-wise? And also, is your material different? Is it just the moldings? So what, what sets you apart? It's, it's a combination of all of that. Um, first of all, we have, a, we have three guys in our research and development uh, team. And they're all rent. They all wrench on vehicles. They're, they're, there's one of them who actually has probably about half a dozen vehicles in his in his farm lot that he wrenches on and and builds on. And and so they already they already have a passion to to produce good quality parts. We're an ISO certified company. Um, so when we produce something, when we reverse engineer off an original, um, when we get that produced. We test it. We put it on our vehicle ourselves. We do the testing ourselves. And you know, if it if it doesn't if it doesn't quite fit, then back to the drawing board. We get it fixed. How, you know? how, and, and how do you decide, Derek, which which fitments to make? Because I mean, you could make tens of thousands of different gaskets and rubber and whatnot. Well, I think they probably do. Their catalogs are super. Thick. How many SKUs do you have? We have we have over four thousand SKUs. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> Louise. Yeah, we we have a lot of products. So that so we um, we are finding out so, is you so just we, can't we, say no. You just can't say no. Yeah, we we have to. Well, we have to be careful. I mean, we can't just. We I mean, it's it's hard for us to uh, quantify going after a, a Pinto and and producing gaskets for a Pinto, but. Um, you, you know, you have to you have to step carefully on 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 you know where you feel like you're going to get some return on 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 your investment in a in a product. So, um, well, but, I'd be I'd be uh, curious you know, that making a, making a mold for a new door seal can't be cheap. It's got to be in the thousands of dollars, I would assume, right? Mm, it depends. It depends on on if the, if the if the door. Well, see, the door seals are fairly. Uh, then not that difficult. Most of them are just extrusion. Some of them have a corner mold. The corner molds are a little bit expensive. What's one of the most expensive parts 
like on a Chevy truck or, or a Ford truck or whatever, is what you already mentioned, the vent seals. The yeah. vent seals mm. are a one-piece mold. So that mold is pretty big. And, and it makes a huge spend, difference. If you're off by a millimeter. Yeah, you could, you could, yeah. You could spend like 10 grand on a, on, a, on a mold for just a vent. So it gets to be very expensive. There's probably guys who spent ten grand on rubber just to just to find <laughs> right. the right ones. I mean, if you think about it, you know, again, people don't think rubbers are that big of a deal until you're restoring the car and you need them to complete yeah. the build. You have a ten thousand, yeah. a twenty thousand dollar paint job, and now you don't have the gaskets and the seals. And if you think about it, hood to cowl seals, roof rail seals, trunk seals, door seals, uh, wind wing vent seals. Body uh, grommets and bumpers. I mean, there's so many different things. The where the the front clip interfaces with the firewall, where the the door you know closes uh, you know all the way around, and and it's funny because people don't know how to install them correctly either. So and they put them, they don't align them right. Well, so they don't align them, or they or, clock them wrong. They, exactly, they clock them wrong so that the cut is in the wrong spot. Yeah. So, Derek, do you have any installation tips for people who are installing them that you guys have learned over time that you'd like to share with the uh, audience? Well, we could we could, we could really uh, turn this into a two-hour podcast if we if we want to look. Oh, at we've it. done it. Yeah. <laughs> we've done a few three-hour podcasts, Derek. Yeah, <laughs> we're not. Don't threaten us with a good time. Um, we actually have a YouTube channel, and we actually have over a hundred videos on our YouTube channel. Um, they're mostly of Chevy trucks right now, because that's really where most of our uh, most of our completed offerings is. So we really want to support that industry. Um, but we do, we've got some Ford, Ford stuff on there and Dodge as well. I think we even got a Monte Carlo, uh, install, installation video on there too. But, but yeah, there's, there's some, there's some, there's some tips and tricks videos on there just in general, kind of a general format. Um, but it's a great place to start. It's a great place to start. And, and even if we don't have a video for your particular vehicle, there's probably one on there that's going to address the similarities of that type of install. You know how you rope in a Chevy truck gasket is is maybe maybe the same as you know a Dodge or or, or a Ford. Is some of these are different, but some of them are very similar. So, Derek, how many applications does PRP have that that don't exist anywhere else? Yeah, I mean, there's there's certainly there's there's certainly a handful. Uh, certainly in the earlier years, the the 3100 trucks. Uh, the advanced design trucks, uh, that body style. We've got some parts there that uh, nobody else makes. Um, so there's a, there's, a, there's a few. There's a handful out there. There's a, a trick that I learned when I was doing weather stripping from a, uh, from a body person, and he said, uh, you know, what people do, the biggest mistake is is they take, you know, usually like a 3M weather, uh, weather strip adhesive, and they glob it along the, uh, the pinch molding or the, the, uh, the pinch weld, to shove yep. the gasket on, right? And they, they put yep. the gasket adhesive and they glob it on the inside and they just stick it on. The trick that I learned is if you take it and so it's not a big glob or a big like toothpaste bead of it mm-hmm. and you take a like a tongue depressor and you spread it out on the gasket and you spread it out on the metal, it's it, it tacks better and I've never... Because it's flat and thin. Yes, and I've never had it's, one it's, pull yeah, out. And you, got, and you got the bad coverage like that too and that's yeah. definitely the way you want to do it. You don't want to just put a big glob on there and just leave it like that. You want to you wanna smooth it out. We, ha- we had a friend sure. who uh, built his truck, and I always hated how his weather strip, every time he got out of the passenger door, it would pop down and hang in it. And I'm like, why is it? He goes, I don't know. I just, you know. So on my truck, I figured out how to do it, and I haven't had any issues. Like, it's it's been, I don't know, 
a couple years now well, since I stole it. My question for you, Holman, is where'd you find a tongue depressor? You're no doctor. Uh, well, you know, I just <laughs> play one on a podcast. <laughs> you so, got one at the doctor's office. Yeah, that's right. I, you know, I'm the guy when the doctor walks away, I just steal him out of the uh, little glass yeah. jar. I take all his cotton balls. I take his uh, tongue depressors. It's uh, it's a problem. Is there a set of, uh, are, are there any gaskets or seals that you can just barely keep in stock because it, they're just so damn popular? Or they're just so crappy from oh. the manufacturer? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that too. Yeah. That, we, we we do have some, um, well, definitely some of the Chevy ones uh, for sure. Um, but we actually, um, we do have a, a couple of unique gaskets that we developed to kind of solve an issue that you were just talking about. Um, on the Chevy trucks, 60 to 66, 67 uh, to 72s, they were all glue-on Weber strip gaskets. And we decided to bring out a press-on style. So like the square bodies, that's a that's a press-on style. Right, yeah. On the pinch weld. So we did that on the earlier ones too. So you don't have to mess with any glue. You just press these on the pinch weld. Well, that's just so too it, easy. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's like a it's like a five minute installation. No, no, that, I, I'm not okay with that. When no, I installed we, mine, it took me like three hours. I drank like two beers. We got to spend all Saturday yeah. doing it. We got to. Yeah. We have to curse a lot. Yeah, you have to have your buddies over, and we have to tell the wife to stay inside because it's going to get ugly. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. how, how bad is it when you have your friends over to your garage? You're like, hey, well, we're doing weather stripping. Oh, all right, I'll be over there, and then you're done in five. Five minutes. Yeah, I guess you have time for tacos yeah. after that. Tacos. And, and, and those have been those have been selling. I mean, they've been selling like hotcakes when we bought them out. Two well, years if I ago. like Chevys, I'd put them on mine. <laughs> nope, no, nope, yeah. he's got a Ford. Uh, <laughs> no, I like Chevys. I just happen to have a Ford. Well, we'll have to we'll, we'll have to look at the Ford and see if there's one we can do for them. Well, I I, I know I know a guy with a truck who uh, would install them on uh, on it. What are you them? talking about? You already have you have all of his product on your truck. Oh, already. I know, but I'll just rip them off of the wheel. Oh, why would you do it again? <laughs> <laughs> just so you can have two more beers and your buddies yeah, over? Yeah, absolutely. No. Because it'll take five minutes this time. Exactly. I'll be done, yeah. All right. Well, Derek, you're doing the Lord's work. We really appreciate you uh, you talking to us. Is and he really doing the Lord's well, work? Well, I really yes, appreciate you having me on the podcast. I appreciate that. What, what would Jesus drive? Would it be a C10 or F100? Ooh. And I, well, I don't know. And I'm guessing on, on... I think he's a bow tie guy. I'm guessing on Jesus' uh, vehicle that uh, he doesn't have to worry about weather stripping. <laughs> Do you, oh, does Jesus have a little uh, a bouncy Jesus and his, on his yes, dash? Yes, he does. <laughs> he, he's, got, he's got the one with the thumbs up. Uh, yeah, what was oh, yeah. the one from what, what Kevin Smith movie was that? Was it Dogma or with yeah, Happy Jesus with Thumbs Up Jesus or yeah. whatever? <laughs> or he, he high fives himself. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's a bow tie guy. So, Derek, if people wanted to find you, PRP.com, and then where are you guys on social and what's your YouTube channel? Yeah, so our YouTube channel, so the website's correct. The YouTube channel is Precision Replacement Parts. Um, we have all of our thumbnails of our videos have the green. Uh, the, the green background with the white precision. So you'll see all of our videos. They're all done the same way for branding purposes. Um, Instagram is real popular for us. Um, same name, Precision Replacement Parts. And we're also on Facebook as well. Fantastic. All right. Derek Churchyard. Yeah, appreciate your time, man. And uh, thanks for right. uh, making quality parts for all of us out there with old trucks. I appreciate it, fellas. Thanks a lot. All, all right, right, brother. We'll talk, talk to you soon. soon. Bye-bye. Holman, there was a lot of wackiness going on in the truck world for April Fools. Oh, man, we weren't the only ones. It was all over the internet. And this is one of my favorite days being an automotive journalist because people freaking really give it their all. Like, there were companies like Quadratech and Yeti 
Uh, we had some uh, King Shocks. King Shocks. <laughs> Banks. Yeah. We oh, had yeah. some at Four Wheeler. Uh, actually, if you go to uh, Truck Trend or Four Wheeler right now, we have an article of the list of all the best pranks from around the internet from today. Oh, let's get to that. Hold on. What the truck? What the truck? What the truck? <laughs> okay. All right. I'm ready for some. What you got? First on the list is one of my favorites, and that was from Quadratech. And, uh, Remind us what Quadratech does. They're like uh, the four-wheel parts of the Jeep world. They sell okay. all Jeep parts. Okay. And uh, awesome mail-order company, super into the Jeep market. Um, and they had one called Jeep Announces Plans for Two-Door Jeep Gladiator Truck. Okay. <laughs> so Jeep is not going to make a regular cab version or any other body style other than the crew cab. And so they photoshopped. A two-door regular cab. So it kind of reminds me of the AEV TJ Brute. Okay. But with the new body style, look how rad this looks. I would buy that in a second. Oh, they did a nice job. What the truck? So go over to uh, to Quadratech (laughs) and check that one out. Also, Warren has the uh, Xeon 100 winch. So if you know about (laughs) Warren, the 8 is an 8,000, the 10 is a 10, the 12 is a 12,000. This is the 100. So it's a 100,000 pound rated winch, (laughs) and it's on the front of a Jeep, and it fills up the entire hood area. (laughs) (laughs) That is the biggest winch I've ever seen in my life. So that was pretty awesome. So that's the Xeon 100 over at Warren. I believe they put that on their uh, their Facebook page. What the truck? Uh, You gotta love the Honda Passport. So if you you know they have the new shorter pilot. I didn't see that one, yeah. the passport. And it's all about like 90s nostalgia. Yeah. And I don't want to give it away, but it's freaking awesome. This and is done by Honda? By Honda. Oh, and man. it's all like people in 90s clothes and stuff and there's a video behind it and they also have a Are wood- they wearing flannel? No, like neon, like bright colors. Oh, oh like early 90s. Yeah, yeah. No, okay. it's awesome. And uh, they have a 1-800 number in the ad, and uh, you get a special message from a 90s celebrity. Oh, really? So that was pretty good. Like what celebrities? Like I, a Hasselhoff or somebody? No, you got to call it. Go check it out. The past never looked so good. Honda Passport. Honda presents the <laughs> 90s theme trim level for the all-new Passport. The Passport. The authentic look of the new Passport on the outside. Yet simplified with everything you love about the Dude's 90s. Dude's on rollerblades. Yeah, right? Fully equipped with a coin holder. Digital clock. Beeper love the mount, special effects. Navigation system. Air conditioning. And forget all those buttons on the steering wheel. The Passport only has one. The horn. <laughs> Technology. I love the guy inside. He looks like uh, like he's straight out of Belle Biv DeVoe. It's just the perfect vehicle for those who desire simplicity and can't get enough of the 90s. <laughs> Hello, Honda. I'd like to test drive the Passport. Oh, yeah, he's, got, he's using a Motorola StarTech. It's like called Honda. By. Experience the all-new Passport at your Honda dealer today. Honda Passport. And that would be a one eight three three passport. Okay, not one, passport. Passport. One eight three three P A S T P O R T. I don't. I don't want to ruin the joke. So uh, go ahead, uh, any of you kids of the eighties uh, and nineties, you'll you'll instantly know who it is. And uh, when he says navigation, he f- opens a folding map. Yeah, you know, right. That type of stuff. <laughs> this yeah. is awesome. There's also the Toyota Yaris Adventure, which takes a crappy little Toyota Yaris. And basically makes it into a unibody pickup truck. And it looks kind of cool, i got to be honest. It sort of is. I, I wouldn't drive it, but it looks no. its kind of cool. It's I, a great rendering. They definitely they give it like some meaty flares, but it's lowered. <laughs> it's got a cool roof rack with LED lights. and uh, You know the guy 
the art department's like, yeah, he gets, I get to party today because he's drawn the so, car they, they're never going to make. So Brett Evans writes uh, the story for us, and it says, Toyota's press materials are too outrageous to be believable, say the Yaris Adventure is rugged enough to escape the city, but only on the highway. <laughs> <laughs> so that was pretty good. Um, I see Toyota poking fun at themselves. Yeah. What the truck? And then, what the heck? I got a certain uh, newsletter today from Banks. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking uh, about. Apparently, uh, our friends over at Banks—I don't know if you know anybody over there—no—has uh, trademarked the color red and then called out everybody using red on their products, <laughs> including, I believe, was it Apple Farmers? It was Tomato Growers Association. <laughs> Tomato Growers Association. And um, the companies that make stop signs, yeah, uh-huh. and fire departments. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're not allowed to use red. That's right. And the hate this morning was when, it awesome? when the story was sent out was instant. And, uh, and and so there was guys like, I can't believe it. First Sinister tries to trademark <laughs> blue on all diesel products, and now Banks with red. That'll and, teach and the, you. Yeah, and then other people jumped on the poster, and they're like, yeah, you know, it is April 1st, <laughs> yeah. buddy. Chill, yeah. chill out a little bit. Yeah. What the truck? Autocar India took a rendering of a Chrysler 300 <laughs> and put the nose of a Jeep Cherokee on it, and it's the all-new 2019 Jeep sedan. <laughs> <laughs> I see that. It's it is w- wacky looking. You guys got to go to trucktrend.com and just scroll about a third down the page, and you'll see this story. What the truck? Uh, this one's pretty good from uh, XDP, who's a uh, diesel parts, uh, basically a uh, mail order parts house there in New Jersey. They're like the Quadratech kind of, like, uh, of diesels. Yeah, <laughs> diesel right? trucks. And they've got the uh, nitrous assist backpack system and uh, sketchy ghetto fogging is now a thing of the past thanks to XDP's new backpack mounted nitrous assist system. And they've got a gun. <laughs> a gun and a team. nozzle. <laughs> <laughs> what the truck? And then uh, Yeti. Uh, had the uh, the oh, Yeti Falcon. Fa- famous for uh, their coolers, coolers right? Coolers, yeah, yeah. Uh, it says, is your neighborhood littered with those paper-mile shareable electric scooters? Are you searching for a stupid-looking way to ferry your fancy roto-molded cooler around the parking lot on tailgate day? Yeti has your answer with the Falcon two-wheeled rugged scooter built for the wild, not for the mild. Which is <laughs> pretty good. They have a video attached to that one, which is a pr- it's pretty entertaining to watch. What the truck? Uh, there's also um, Hot Wheels. Not wheels. This one came from Hot Wheels' Instagram account, and it's uh, Hot Wheels with no wheels on them. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of reminds me of Luke Skywalker's Landspeeder. <laughs> it kind of looks like a modern version of that. Yeah, it does. Pretty funny. What the truck? Uh, and then uh, Poly Performance, who uh, they're uh, off-road parts uh, company here uh, in the West Coast. Uh, they have the Poly Performance UTV Camper, and they've got a uh, a UTV that has a camper on the back for a camper shell. UTV overlanding, apparently. Um, and they just shrunk it down. It's clear Photoshop, but it's yeah. funny looking because it's such a stubby little. It's not like a cool razor. It's like a tiny it's little. Just tiny. It's like yeah. a, a tinier than a tiny house. <laughs> and then uh, I've got to give uh, my team props for uh, Jeep plans the very first autonomous trail rig, the Autonicon. Which is fun to say. The what? Atomicon? No, no, no. Atonicon. Atonicon. And so basically, uh, I was in New Zealand on the JL drive uh, a while back, and I took a picture of one of my friends in Jeep Marketing sitting in the front seat of a JK, but it's a right-hand drive. Okay. So it looks like he's sitting on the trail and there's no steering wheel. So we took that and we talked about uh, how Jeep is going to make it a fully autonomous vehicle that has thousands, tens of thousands of trail maps in it and sensors so it can do all these obstacles and, and no matter what the trail conditions are, you can go trail riding. And did you get hate? Oh, dude. <laughs> so I wrote my 2020 Gladiator test drive, which we'll have on the next episode, and talked about the Gladiator. This got like three times the engagement across all of I'm our social. Sure. And people were pissed. But 
Uh, what am it's I? The, I mean, dude, it's the opposite of off-roading. It's okay, like, it's everything that off-roaders so, would hate. It's here, like don't drive, just yeah. enjoy the trails. Here's a couple you... gems from this. There's also a feature called Trail Cruise, where multiple autonicons can wirelessly link together to run a trail at the same speed, removing the frustrations of long trail ride bottlenecks caused by drivers of different skill levels. <laughs> 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 Lastly, for those of you more interested in social media than driving over technical terrain, an app controlled by a smartwatch will allow you to get out of the Jeep and walk alongside it as it traverses epic <laughs> obstacles for an opportunity at that awesome selfie or viral video. With levels one through five of just how challenging of a line you want to watch it take, Jeep promises to make some good shots. Just don't expect the Jeep Autonicon to put anyone in danger, as safety is the top priority of the Jeep brand. <laughs> just buy an RC car at that oh point. Oh my gosh. It's, uh, and seriously, like... People clearly didn't read the story or get what it was, and other people were like, dude, it's April Fool's, and there was amazing levels of hate. Yeah. It was awesome. People I, just come with such venom. Oh. I mean, with the bank's red story this morning, like, yeah. you know, like we owned red, <laughs> and they're like, I can't believe it. How would the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, uh, blah, blah, we're like, oh, dude, like, re did you read the whole story? Yeah. Like, are, we're seriously, we're going to charge a licensing fee to the fire for, department? For red? Yeah, <laughs> for and tomato red. growers? I mean, you know, tomatoes are expensive already. Right. <laughs> you know? What the truck? All right, so who are we calling? What are we doing? All right, so we're going to uh, give our friend Jonathan Ward from Icon 4x4 a call and talk about the uh, world's most expensive Bronco. Now, when we talked to Jonathan last time, what was it about? I remember we had Jonathan on the phone for quite a while, and I it was a great talked, conversation, but I don't remember what the subject matter was. We were talking about his, uh, I think, his derelicts and thrift masters and his FJs. Oh, so we Broncos. were covering the whole business. Yeah, we were basically That's covering Icon 4x4. And okay, the fact that he made a billet motorhome mirrors for himself and then oh, people wanted to buy them. Oh, <laughs> that's Jonathan. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah. they would be like $5,000 billet mirrors. Right, so Jonathan used to be, a, uh, I believe, a designer over at Toyota and branched out on his own and then was doing these really like bespoke high-end builds with he, uh, Toyota Land Cruisers is where he sort of cut his teeth, but now he does everything. And he's doing amazing stuff. He's doing all electric stuff out of there. He's doing, you know... Um, the derelicts, which are the ones that are all patinaed out but are 100% inside, you know, are new inside and underneath. He's doing the awesome Broncos. I mean, all this stuff. So he's really branched out. And I think the waiting list is like over two years. Oh, my gosh. So this he needs to get a jump on things. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what I'm saying? This speed it up, dude. This Bronco went to auction as a way to bypass the line. Oh. So we'll, we'll uh, let's give Jonathan a call. We'll let him explain. Okay. Howdy. Mr. Jonathan Ward, Lightning Holman Truck Show Podcast. Welcome back. What's up, Mr. Holman? How are you, sir? Hey, don't kick me to the curb. This is Lightning speaking as well. Yeah, whatever. He can hear about you. <laughs> I thought that was a continuous phrase, Lightning Holman. What's up, boys? <laughs> Everything is good. I can I cannot complain about anything. Well, Fantastic. Uh, I, I get to see you, uh, well, maybe next week, because I want to come drive some of your cool stuff. So I think we're working to, to get out there and see you. But I get to see you in a couple weeks or something we can't talk about. But what we yeah, can a little secret mission. Yes, in, uh, Wait, what, what? Oh, we're gonna yeah, we're gonna have yeah. to dig right into this. Hold on, but before we do, are you up for blues or rock and roll? Um, blues. Blues. All right, here we go. Jonathan, 
Step on up. All right. Tell us what you're working on because you are the innovator motivator. All right. Today. So, so to just to set the stage, <laughs> we set the stage for Jonathan here. Jonathan has like a 400 year wait for one of his vehicles or something, like that, or something like that. Long since and Jonathan passed. So he came up with Bronco number 66 from Icon, which is which is pretty cool. But what he did was he said, "I'm going to build this one." That anybody can have it out well, of well, order. Hold, hold on a second. Bronco number 66 off the production line? Off the Icon. Uh, off of all yeah. of his, his, his bespoke Broncos. This is okay. number 66 okay, from okay, Icon. Okay. And he said, I'm going to build one, and the proceeds are going to go to charity. So if you want to jump in front of the line, you can buy this Bronco. And it has turned out to be the world's most expensive Bronco. Oh, my gosh. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to guess how much the Bronco went for, because I have not seen this story. All right. I am going to say, because you said I was wrong when I said 200 earlier before uh-huh. when we started yep. the show. You I'm going to say 350. Uh, you would lose by prices right rules. Okay, all right. But I would accept your wire transfer tomorrow. <laughs> the guy who won it for 291. <gasps> 291. You know what's funny too is, uh, And did you go? You got it. <laughs> 291 in the back. Yeah. Did you make sure that his background check cleared and? <laughs> I was stoked, you know. I mean, the guy had reached out to us ahead of time, so I kind of, I don't know, vetted isn't a fair word, but, like, I knew the guy was legit and serious and, like, understood the brand and the values and all that. And then someone else who had been following the auction, who's a bigger bronquista than I am, I guess a bronquista. <laughs> yeah. He, he had done the research, and it turns out it actually was roughly unit number 66 oh. for Ford. As well, no way. It was yeah. It was it was very early production. Was it so? And, was it uh, a year sixty six? Because obviously this is the sixty six to seventy seven body style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a sixty six, and it was uh, it was actually built right at the beginning of the sixty six year. Dude, that's kismet so right that, there. That, is it kismet or is it serendipitous? Yeah. I don't know. It could be either. I'll take either. Okay, <laughs> it was good stuff. But yeah, it was. Um, you know, it started because I'm deeply involved in my children's charity called Go Campaign. And so that's kind of like my sole charitable focus. But a good friend of mine, he used to own, you know, the footwear brand CVs, remember them? Yeah. They were like, okay. So he used to own CVs, he sold CVs, doesn't really need to work anymore, knows a lot of people. And he, he always felt, as I did, like growing up lower middle class, Back east, I like I didn't. I started sketching cars and watches and stuff that like just spoke to me because I dug it, and I never knew it was a viable career path whatsoever. Like I didn't even know you there were schools that did that. So flash forward, I have no education, no degrees, no nothing. But we like you anyway. Barely high school. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, because we're just like you. I, <laughs> without the I, talent. I end up. I end up like critiquing the finals at some of the top design schools. And I get to know these students and the great talent in this populace, but realistically, they're so damn expensive that the only kids that are making it to these schools are quite often from other countries. And then our brilliant government kicks them out when they're done and sends them home versus us taking advantage of what we trained them here within our culture. And like inner city in middle class, lower class kids, like don't have the opportunity because the schools are so expensive. So this new charity is called Autotype Design. 
And the idea is that he's reaching out to geeks like me who make neat stuff to make special variants of their neat stuff to sell through that company. And then 10% of all sales of the company go to create these grants. And then a board of designers or people who call themselves designers, such as myself, I think everyone else is actually legitimate on the board. We then vote and pick and select kids and provide grants towards design education. So I just thought it was such a cool idea. And it just sort of back to serendipity. It happened right at the same time that we were launching this new edition of our Bronco that we call Old School. So I thought, great, perfect. Let's make the first production old school of value in helping raise the visibility for this effort. And then in the end, we ended up raising a pretty pretty darn sizable amount of money that'll really make a nice impact. Very cool. That's very cool. And have very you awesome. had success? Have you followed a kid through the system yet to find out where he's gone or she's gone? No, but, you know, I love that experience, and I've had that several times with my Go campaign charity, so I'm looking forward to that. But, no, this is brand new, so we're literally just now taking the first round of submissions. Got it. So, Bronco number 66, as you said, this is part of your old school series, so those are, uh, out of all the icon Broncos, these ones uh, retain the factory exterior styling and then the kind of period body colors. This one is a very bright Vista orange. But let's talk about some of the awesomeness that is in this. So you guys have a proprietary Icon 4x4 Art Morrison chassis. You've got 12-inch travel, Fox Racing coilovers. Wait, don't, don't blow by that. He took a big breath like he had something to say about that frame. <laughs> all right. No, I'm with you. Party on. You're doing great. <laughs> all right. All right. So we got the 12-inch uh, travel, Fox res- uh, Racing coilovers at each corner. Curry Enterprise axles. Got a Dana 44 base in, uh, in the front and a Dana 60 in the rear. There's So far, I can't figure out any way to upgrade this uh, thing. Power comes from a 5-liter Coyote making oh, dang. 426 horsepower yes. in a short wheelbase Bronco. <laughs> yeah. Um, Backed by an Eisen AX15 five-speed manual, even better. Oh, and a advanced adapters Atlas II T case. I mean, that's all true. Pretty badass. I mean, really, when we started the brand, we 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 I did it, I guess, because I've always had a big affinity for the vintage four by as well as passenger cars, etc. But there's such great design continuity because back then, car manufacturers had the balls to let one person drive the design of a vehicle versus today, unfortunately, it's mostly done by shareholders, Wall Street, committee. And the, uh, committee and the hated, at least in my world, um, you know, sort of focus groups. Oh. So what we wanted to do is try and research and understand like the purest original form of the Bronco with frankly no respect to what's correct for the production year, but really evolved it. <laughs> I love how he just seems very open with that. Yeah, well, I mean, but that's what's awesome about Icon is is it's sort of the oh, best yeah, of everything. everything wrong. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but but wrong. it's but it's so right. Well, here, okay. Thank you. So, for for example, right? So, so though we we talked about the chassis and drivetrain, how about Brembo disc brakes on each corner? How about yep. uh, Willwood master cylinder and a Hydrotech Hydroboost unit? How about PA- now? Wait a minute, hold on. He's mixing Brembo and Willwood. What is that's like? He's a crazy man. It's like what oil you- and water. <laughs> what have you done? Uh, Cats and dogs totally. living together. <laughs> <laughs> The, the reason is, though, you know, um, Brembo traditionally does not get involved with 
master cylinders. I know. They solely focus on the rotors and the caliper engineering. So we've long been friends with Willwood. And Who makes a great uh, master, master cylinder, by the way. Killer. Yeah. Hy- Hydro Boost, though, I'm a huge fan of. We switched pretty much brand-wide all vehicles to Hydro Boost about mm. four years ago. And I don't I've know much about that back. brand, Hydro Boost. Uh, in every so, well, GM vehicle? Is, is it a really? Company. Yeah, and the Hydro Boost, the, I mean, in, in simple terms, the technology is that instead of re- relying on engine vacuum to create the power assist, which obviously with supercharged motors and, and different parameters of more contemporary powertrains, there are limitations with that. But Hydro Boost gives you about 20 times the foot brake pressure power. And it started in the heavy truck and like 18-wheeler commercial truck industry, but slowly it found its way into my world. And then, the, you know, Hydrotech's done a really good job of kind of giving you better pedal Feel which is like a huge. more organic because some hi- hydro boost, some of the hydro boost stuff, there's no pedal feedback, it's it's all braking, but you can't really modulate really well. So, have, exactly. having the, are you talking about like it's an on and off switch? No, it's just, well, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, yeah, but there's no, yeah, there's no modulation, like you don't have the feel of what the vehicle's doing a, as you're pushing down, you just know it's stopping, but it's very hard to modulate. It's almost like a like a motorcycle with a racing clutch where the friction zone is literally like half a millimeter. You're either in or out, right? And so you, you yeah, can't. Yeah, totally. It's so hard to Hydro drive. Hydrotech's done a great job of evolving that and making it more really proper uh, for our applications. So now with our, our two-wheel drive streetcars as well as our four-bys, you get really good feedback and control but massive stopping power. So this thing also has high-flow PSE steering pump and box, which PSE is awesome. Um, yep. And I love the period uh, first-generation Mustang-style reproduction steering wheel because, you know, Broncos, Falcons, Mustangs, Broncos, they all kind of were from the same parts bin. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of parts <laughs> that interchange. And even on my F100, it's funny because somebody won't make something for an F100, but the Mustang parts, the exact same thing. So you go grab something for the Mustang catalog or, or actually pretty close. So I love that it has the Mustang wheel. Uh, I did it column, which are awesome. But my favorite thing, and we talked about you know the last time Jonathan was on, the guy had billet motorhome mirrors made for himself, right? Like, right. like he goes the extra mile. What I love is he's got these awesome old school wheels, and they, well, they're, they're just they're just steelies, though, aren't they? Right, they look like steelies, nope. right? Not so much, <laughs> my friend. Forged aluminum that are CNC to look like, <laughs> and, and these are these are 18s. They're 18 by 8, so they of look like Of course they are. With, uh, of course, one of my favorite tires, the uh, uh, 33-inch BFG. And, uh, I mean, it's just freaking awesome. So now you get with the aluminum, they're tougher. You got better weight savings, less unsprung weight. All that kind of stuff goes into making it so it handles, you know, on-road as well. Because, you know, you're gonna, are you going to take a $291,000 right. Bronco off-road? I mean, you might. You could. So wait, so wait. Hell Johnny, yeah. did, you, did you mill these at your shop or, or did you work with, uh, you know, one of the a wheel pros or an MHT to mill these things? Or how did that work out? So we originally developed them in-house and used to CNC them in-house, and it's just a massive bottleneck. And then we've developed a great relationship with the guys at WheelPro. So they now manufacture all my forged wheels that are unique to our brand, including the new school wheel that we've been using for a long time. 
as well as now the old school wheel. And then I got a little crafty because, you know, we're super low volume. We just have a big mouth, but we're a small company. So the old school wheel for the Bronco is the same old school wheel we use on the FJ. But then the sprung stainless clips that accept the hubcaps, we simply have created two different mounting index points to address the two different diameters for the alternate hubcap. Well, we had uh, Scott Cobbett from uh, Wheel Pros on on the last episode, and he didn't tell us anything nope, about this. sure didn't. Didn't oh, spoil anything. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, they've been really, they've been great, great to work with. And then, you know, a big part of the old school is, you know, the new school Bronco, we've delivered about 70 units, and it's a trusted formula, basically. It's all CAD, CAD standardized, and we're comfortable and confident in its performance and everything. So I don't want to screw with any of that. However, I wanted to create a completely different aesthetic so that it, it just has a completely different vibe than our established, what we call new school design package, and that it's just decidedly more retro. I like the houndstooth. So That's my favorite part of it. Oh, it's got houndstooth yeah, on the seats? So, yeah, it's badass. Yeah, there's 32 design elements that I created and realized for the old school that are unique to old school, but... Everything down to our mil-spec aerospace wiring harness, every switch, the column, like it's all the same parts. It's just the the scutcheon and the knob and the steering wheel or the face of the Dakota digital gauge that's different. But the circuit board, the hard parts are all still the same proven parts that we have a great track record with. So it was really solely... Uh, an aesthetic change in the whole packaging of the vehicle and it's just it's more fun like it's more kitsch we get to play with funky colors and textiles it's, it's badass. more under the yeah. radar I-, I can't wait I'm hoping to get out there to see it next week and and uh, and see it in person but I mean here's the type of things I, I get it it's 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 not a, a, a affordable Bronco, right? Like this no, is this a bespoke. Is, this is this for is a special. very small number of but people. But what do you get for that? Like these are the type of Jonathan touches that I love. So of course you're going to have you know AC, and of course you're going to have Sirius XM and CarPlay, Android Auto, and the head unit, and you're going to have you know um, uh, you worked with Dakota Digital on the gauge faces to make them now, look. Wait, I got to know: is there a subwoofer in there? Oh yeah. Where'd you, where'd you put it? So it's built into a steel cubby crafted into the floor of the body underneath the driver's ah. seat so you don't lose any seat space or off-road clearance. And the staging is forward instead of back in the back. I love that. Yeah. So it's got a Arc Audio amp and uh, is it fo- Focal or Focal? Focal, focal. yeah. Uh, access focal. Speaker. I get focal, a lot of crap for that focal. on my YouTube channel because I mispronounce it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I always forget. You'll only do but, that once with an audio file. But it's got, a, uh, it's got a reverse camera. It's got... Um, Okay, so this one's a, it's a Bronco, right? Yeah. Yet it still has it's still coated in uh, heat treated polyurea, uh, urea, and uh, dynamite everywhere. Wait, wait for NVA. Did you say urea? Polyurea. And are you sure that you're saying that right? Polyurea. Yep. Thank you. Is it really? Thank you. But urea yeah. is that's what it's urine. I mean, it's pig urine, right? Just like you. Why does that have to be pig urine? <laughs> well, whatever. I mean, yeah. I haven't googled that yet. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but here we. we ch- I'm not smart enough to know the full technical answer, but I can say we pick polyurea over the more common polyurethane used in most bedliner products because the polyurea has better elasticity, therefore the mechanical tooth is maintained over a longer period of time. So not only does it displace traditional petroleum-based undercoatings that leach and aren't really solid or stable, but it gives us not just 
the environmental barrier. I told you he's smarter than you. Listen to me. <laughs> listen, but also listen, a really good heat heat boundary as well. Listen to Jonathan talk. Layer. Listen to Jonathan talk and, and all scientific for a guy who like didn't graduate. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, but, I don't know shit, but I forgot. <laughs> all right. I want I want to finally get to my point about what's so awesome, right? Okay. So you get in the Bronco and you've got window cranks. Oh, okay, here we go. Are we ready? Yeah. Drum roll? I'm ready. All right. And you got your window cranks and you're in your $291,000 Bronco. And you're going to get ready to crank those windows up. And then you find out those original window cranks, those are power window switches. <laughs> How freaking cool is that? Like, all those little touches Sweet. and all the little things that make it just special. And I love that. I love that you get in and it looks all, you know, it's got the original aesthetic and the feel. And there's all the, the knobs and levers. But they, they're just better. I kind of felt like everyone was always, like, modifying stuff for the functionality, but at the sacrifice of yes. the aesthetic. hundred percent. So you have some ugly ass like Amazon plastic eighties power windows switch in a beautiful vintage vehicle. And it just jumps the shark. It ruins it. So yeah, okay, the windows are power, good for you, but now it looks like crap and there's no design continuity. So yeah, we worked with this cool company called New Relics that makes window cranks that are cam locked and super burly. So like, even if you don't know their power, you can't screw them up, but, but you just nudge them down for down and nudge them up for up. We keep the original analog window crank. So it's like a momentary then, switch, right? Yeah, basically. And then the only thing that bugged me with that was then from the driver's side, powering the passenger's side door glass or for the rear doors, worse yet on other applications, you have to be an octopus. <laughs> so in-house, we hemorrhaged time and money, and we developed an Andrino board with a code. So now you double tap on the driver's window of course. regulator. It's the AirPods of uh, window regulators. Well, I thought that you would have milled a small detent somewhere or on the backside that you couldn't see with a, with a little smaller momentary switch. So you reach into it and touch it, and when you hold it and then press down, it would be the, the passenger side or pull up. Be passenger side up. You could have done that too. So, Jonathan, are you ready to hire lightning don't, yet? Don't, don't outdo me. Don't outdo my geek. <laughs> I'm not I, bringing him next week no, when no, I come no, and visit dude, you. I love this stuff. And, and so, what you don't know, as you were explaining that, is that Holman was showing me the body off. So the frame, dude, the engine, ass. and the wheels. We'll put it on our social. Holy crap, it Jonathan. Un- oh, my Lord. I mean, seriously, that thing is nicer than any Bronco that ever came off the line. And did you see that under the hood shot? I've seen people shoehorn, uh, shoehorn uh, coyotes, and people don't realize. Coyote's a wide engine. And big, it looks, big motor, yeah. Yeah, and it's only five liter, but it's massive. And it's so wide because the dual overhead cams. And so Broncos always have an issue with Mustangs, too. First-gen Mustangs, oh, because you got to redo all the inner fender liners. And on Jonathan's uh, icon, no big deal. Looks like it came that way. No big deal. How much work was it to squeeze that thing in? How many how many vats of butter did you need to just <laughs> slide it in there? Well, you know, I, I, I have seen since we – I think I was the first idiot to shove a coyote in a Bronco, but now – Were you we're bored? It, it's done quite often. <laughs> you weren't busy but enough? The, yeah. The, well, the problem with it is, though, is like if you need to change an exhaust gasket, you basically have to pull the damn body off. Yeah. So what we've done is we, we've redesigned the inner fender structures and we plasma out the vertical inner fender and we now have little stainless allens and nut certs. So the actual inner fender guard is removable for serviceability 
of that powertrain. And then the the other issue with those, it's been a problem for a while, is you know guys will put those coyotes in the stock chassis with the stock clip oh, leaf yeah. springs and blow trannies up, and those those chassis are lovely and then a sort of charmingly archaic sense, but they're like overcooked spaghetti. So they're super loose. And man, you put a coyote in a stock chassis and you've got yourself one hell of a squirrely ride. (laughs) I'm literally going to be embarrassed. I will never drive my F100 to Jonathan's shop ever. You shouldn't. Ever. It'll, it, Why did you cram a? Did you tell me you didn't cram a five liter no. in there and left your dropped I beam? No, 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 <laughs> no. But I mean, it's just it's it was frame off and it was just me and and some help from some friends and it's got a Crown Vic front clip and it's got a Dynatrack 60 in the back and you know all that oh, kind cool. of fun stuff and it's got an EcoBoost with uh, from Ford Performance with Raptor turbos and, uh, and although it doesn't move right a now. performance automatic six speed <laughs> um, but it doesn't move nope. and the quality of it like it's. When I see it, I'm like, I'm really proud of myself for putting this together, and one day it'll run, and then I see what Jonathan's doing, and I'm going, I hate my life. I, I should never build another vehicle as long as I live. It's just like Jonathan just took your truck, bent over, and, pooped and just, on it. Why, <laughs> just wiped his butt with your yeah, truck. You know I, I mean? <laughs> what, what, year, what year is it? It's a 67. Oh, killer. We're doing a 70s short bed... Uh, Right now, it's a it's, uh, it's a short bike. bed. I'll a, I'll shoot you a, a picture one-off. of it. I don't I can't remember if I've shown it to you before, but I'll I'll text you after we're done here. Um, I was looking at the pictures from our our, our article, so go to fourwheeler.com and you can see our article while it was being built. And uh, when you pop open the hood, it's yeah. got a uh, hood struts, so the the hood stays up. So that's of course cool. it does. It's got sure. a coyote, right? Yeah. The Willwood Master Cylinder barely fits next to those big old cam covers, you know, the valve covers, right? And off on the passenger side. So you've got an aluminum radiator, you've got a coyote, you've got like all this. There is the original style soft coolant overflow bag. Really? <laughs> it's so awesome. Like really? it's just this juxtaposition he of old oh, and look new. at that. that cool? Yes. It just it, makes it, you smile. It, it doesn't fit, but it's perfect. No, it's exactly. It's, it's perfect. It just makes it just makes you smile. Jonathan went it for that, but I thought it was kind of fun cuz I, I love it. thought that, that that washer bag's kind of groovy in its own way. But wait a minute. Let's go back to your truck and pick on you for a minute. All right. <laughs> why, why is it why is it not running? Because I've had concerns about an interest in at the same time in running those. Echo oh boots. no, that's that's a very simple thing. So he and Gail Banks worked out a deal a couple years ago. Love Gail. And and Gail was Gail was focused on some mili- on a military project, and so he wasn't doing as Shock. as yeah. Well, no. So he was he, he got that going. It's underway, and that contract will last into twenty thirty two or something now. And so it was in that lull when he wasn't doing as much in the R&D side and Sean and Gail were having breakfast once a week and, and he's like, you know, we should do this. We'll put it. And at first it was going to be a diesel diesel power plant. And so it was, it was right. A three, three liter uh, eco diesel and from Via Matori and Gail was going to turn it up. And so the license plate, I got the, the personalized California plates, the yellow on black and the original plates that I got for it, which I can't use now, is uses oil. So I always thought that was super cool because it was yeah. a diesel. And then via Matori, the other half of it got bought by Fiat Chrysler, and they gave the uh, we don't want to sell you a crate engine price. And so we ended up yanking that, and Ford Performance said, hey, uh, we've got an EcoBoost. Uh, our 3.5 
uh, crate engine. Are you guys interested? And people think of Gale as the diesel guy, but Gale's really the turbo guy. He's a turbo guy. guy. He's been a turbo guy since yeah. 1958. So he was super stoked yeah. and like, yeah, let's throw that in. So we we got it in there and we've got the EcoBoost in there, the performance automatic trans and the rear suspension's in there, the front suspension's in there, the fuel tank's in so there. What, so what happens is is that the project starts motoring along, the engine's in, the wiring starts getting done. And awesome motor mounts. It's, it, it's beautiful. So the air boxes are in, they're all custom, like modified banks, ram air systems, the whole thing. So it's they all draw billet. from the front fenders and then they feed the turbos and they're billet alumina. I mean, it's... Super cool. It's all badass. And Bob Robe, who's been doing stuff inside of banks for f- almost 40 years now, is all hands-on. But the problem is, it's about a year or so ago, yep. I started working over there, and I cracked the whip, and I said, we're going to work on diesel performance parts, because enough with the military, it's going. We're going to laser focus on full-size trucks, and unfortunately... Uh, Holman's truck is a casualty of that. So in reality, lightning pooped on my truck. I kind of did. Cause, nice. Cause so we're going to launch more products this year than we did the last three years combined. So Gail and I, uh, unbeknownst to lightning, we have a, uh, well, he knows about this part. We have breakfast every other Tuesday and uh, lightning never comes. And so I'm poisoning the well with Gail to get him out of there <laughs> so that my damn truck can get what finished. A <laughs> well played. You know, I got to say, Gail... Um, I have the utmost respect for Gail. He's such a lovely human being and such an intelligent engineer and designer and so progressive of so many people in this industry, like he and like Art Morrison. And there's just a few people that, that I, I, I find very special and very inspiring and uh, Gail's on that list. So well, next time you see him at breakfast, give him a bear hug for me. Oh, I will. We're, I believe uh, next Tuesday we'll be, uh, we'll be heading out for uh, breakfast, but uh, he's one of those guys where he's the real deal. And as that generation, you know, he, he had a speed shop in San Fernando Valley. Like, it, he yep. had that. He was the guy, and he knew the Edelbrocks. And, you know. Well, this is a guy, though, that is now 76, and he's at work six days a week. He goes to Gold's Gym three days a week. He comes straight over from, you know, he's there, and he is he's calling the meetings he can't wait to meet with the engineers he can't wait to critique new products it's just i don't i don't want this to turn into a banks uh, uh, ad but it is a really special place and it's just his toy box he gets to make yeah. he gets to make like you Jonathan what he wants to make and if it doesn't meet his standards he has no interest in releasing it to the public Including my yeah, truck. That's probably why <laughs> Including all <Holman's> truck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But what about the electronics for that motor? Has that been a limitation or is that all uh, a paved road? We don't know yet. So where it, where it currently sits right now, <laughs> and I'm, I'm, sta- I, I'm texting you some pictures right now. Where it sits is the engine and trans are in it. The front and rear end are in it. The suspension uh, is in it. I just need to uh, finish mocking up the, uh, the shock position. The exhaust is on it. And now they need to do the cooling stack and the intake, and then we can do wiring. And so we've got the the, the issue is the Ford Performance uh, engine was only made to work with a manual, but because the computer that is, but because we'd already converted the truck over to automatic because of the diesel, I didn't want to go back and have to find the whole pedal assembly and change out the floor for the manual and go through all that stuff. And then um, so Performance Automatic makes a six speed. And they have U.S. gear that does a computer that'll talk to the EcoBoost. And so we're at the point where hopefully it'll all talk to each other at some point. We're assured by the aftermarket that it will. <laughs> yep. um, and uh, it's got Raptor turbos on it. So according to Ford Performance, with the DI pump that sits on that engine stock, we should be about 500 horse when it's done, which is 
more uh, than, more than enough. going to scoot. And Gail's like, you know what? When we're done with this, I'm taking it apart. I'm doing a billet lower end and pistons. We're going to get, what's the Ford GT 640? We're going to do 700. <laughs> I'm like, Gail, let's just get it running. 500. Get it running. I'll kill myself with 500. I don't need 700. <laughs> you should take it drifting. With that uh, Ford GT, have you had any friends that have been trying to get one? Like the criteria and the application oh, yeah. process. Unless it's you're crazy. Uh, who's the, the unless, wrestler? You're, unless you're Gail Banks. No, no, no. Well, Gail, you know, he's you, got one. Gail told me a funny story. So he's got the first generate. Well, the first modern generation, right? <laughs> and he's got a a. It's red with white stripes, and his license plate is N blue, which is cool. So red, white, and blue, and and it's badass. And so um, there's a, a friend of ours um, who is a collector, Bruce Meyer, in the you know, Love Bruce. Bruce is awesome. Yeah. One of the big so, donators to uh, Peterson. for Peterson Automotive yeah. Museum. And he used to be one of the, the guys on the board for Peterson uh, Museum and all that stuff. So Gail and I go to his place in Beverly Hills to meet him to see his collection, which um, which is unbelievable, by the way. And he's got an early Ferrari Testarossa that is in the Silver Gallery or was at the Peterson. So Gail tells me that Bruce is coming over for lunch one day. And so he's like, I thought it would be funny I'd pull out the Ford GT because you know, Bruce is always driving something, you know, cool. And I thought, yeah, I'm going to play that game and I'm going to have my Ford GT, my limited edition Ford GT, parked right in front of the house. He says, that day Bruce pulls up and is literally, I think it's a price for over a million dollar Ferrari Testarossa because <laughs> Bruce is that guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, literally, no, you're close, but I think it's like six million. Yeah, <laughs> I think you're right, yeah. But yeah, so um, a buddy of mine just last night got his acceptance letter, and he was so stoked, and he, he, was, he was laughing, and it was like a very successful, very intelligent guy with a big multinational business, and he's like, just imagine what, what my life would have turned out as if I had spent that much effort on my college application. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. well, it's, it's, it's crazy. There was that, uh, that big deal with John Cena, who bought one and then flipped it, which you're not allowed to do uh, with the contract, no. and they just settled that lawsuit. Which I, one? You're talking about still the four? GT? Yeah, okay. yeah. It was a he got a, a one of the early ones. It was a 27 too. I think it was liquid blue, and uh, they just settled that in June of last year. So it was a big deal because oh they. Gosh. Well, doesn't Ferrari also do that with the? Um, I don't know. One of the, the, the race only. Oh, is that all of them now? <laughs> yeah, with uh, they did it with the, the Ferrari, and they're doing it here forward. But Ford actually recently also updated their deal where you have to sign an affidavit and all sorts of stuff where you're bound. So you, if you resell it, you're you're in deep, 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 deep trouble. And then, uh, but yeah, I mean, this is a guy who has an 06 GT, has an original Le Mans GT, wow. and was really struggling to get one. I oh actually got gosh. last uh, two weeks ago. We flew up to his ranch up in Central California in his DC three, which was like nineteen forty four. I saw that on your Instagram. Plane. Yeah, yeah. I, I, oh, and then when, when we land and we go to the car collection and he's like pick a car i'm like i've done this before with him and i was conservative the last time and this time i'm like well screw it i, I want the gt and i'm like no not the 06 i want the real GT. yeah so i got to drive an oh. original race preps barely street legal oh. right hand drive wow. GT for Dude. 25 miles through the mountains in Central California. I know this is the truck show, but anybody who loves automobiles, trucks, whatever, that is, well, it's an exclusive experience. That's not, I mean, that's a bucket list kind of level. Yeah, of, unbelievable. Of I went yeah, to, sure, um, so. Ford has a, as you know, has a, a company um, that handles their their media fleet. And so in Southern California, they had a black uh, GT with orange stripes. Is that still Straup? 
Didn't it uh, used strop. to be? Strop. Yeah, it used to be. It's okay. not anymore. Um, but yeah, back in the day it was. And there's, that's a whole other, that could be a whole other show because there's a lot of stories there. Um, and I pull up because I had a, um, something, I had a, I, I had a Ford loaner. Oh, a Raptor. I had the long-term four-wheeler uh, Raptor, long-term fleet. And I had to come by for, you know, go by for something. I think the new registration. And there's the Ford GT, and they have it under the lights in their bay to look for rock chips and damage. And they'll deliver it out to the different media. And I think you know most loans are like a week. This is like a one-day loan, and they're trying to get it out to people. And I'm like, can I sit in it? And they're like, yeah, you can sit in it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm sitting in GT. And it was freaking awesome. And on they have carbon. This one had the carbon fiber wheels, which are unbelievable. If you've seen the carbon fiber wheels yeah, that Ford has. Yeah. Oh. But unlike the Mustang, these aren't clear-coated they're raw and i asked him about that so it's kind of a, what a matte, a matte finish yeah but the deal is is yeah. that stuff will break down in the uv so on the mustang they're clear-coated like i think you can get them on the boss uh 302 but on the uh on the gt they're not and i asked him about they said well doesn't uv eat? he says well here's the deal on the mustang we expect people to drive them every day and so we have the clear coating on the gt we don't ever expect this car to be outside this is in your collection in your garage oh my gosh. so we saved weight by by not having the uv coating i'm like damn what, what kind of weight a few ounces i mean that that whole car is about saving at weight. best oh. but you know what like put ceramic pro on it and party on that's what <laughs> yeah. gonna do. he's gonna drive the piss out of that car yep. i'm in fact uh, i'm i'm chomping at the bit to uh, get behind the wheel the most i've ever gotten out of the toyota or whoopsies out of the Ford press fleet was the uh, Focus RS, and that thing was good fun, too. Those things are actually pretty fun, yeah. That, that's one of those cars that is shockingly good when you drive it, and you're like, just, you just have a stupid smile, because you know what they say, it's, it's more fun to drive a slow car fast than is a fast car slow. Yeah. And, I mean, not that I, that car's slow. Wanna, I just want to rebody one of those, like, Daihatsu Shogun back in the yes. day. Like, I want to take, like, an early-gen, plain-Jane, white, POS, beater, derelict, first gen escort and just put the shell over that new rs that'd be so much fun <laughs> you haven't thought about this at all have you <laughs> not at all so i think no. you're, i think you're bearing the headline though so if anybody follows me on uh, instagram at sean p holman you know that i'm a big aviation buff so i want to hear about that dc3 ride because you posted something and i was looking you you had a a picture out the window and it, the wings were polished to a mere finish i'm like oh my god that thing's awesome what was that like Unbelievable. So I've, I've had the fortunate experience of traveling in it now several times with him, and we've become dear friends. And, you know, he's the kind of guy who's not about buying stuff just to buy it, and he's done very well in business, and he's been very fortunate. But, like, he went to, like, the Vegas jet show because he does a lot of business <laughs> travel. Of course, of course like, he does, right. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. He was like, okay, I'll get a jet because that's what guys like me do, and okay, whatever. And he was, like, bored because everything's, like, Formica and Corinthian this and whatever, just flash and bling. And in the very edge of the airstrip, he sees this long line and something glimmering in the sun. He's like, what's that? So he goes over and he checks it out and he calls me. He's like, dude, any asshole can buy a jet if he's got money. This thing's cool. We could take so many of our friends with us. We could have so many cool trips and experiences. We could go here. We could go there. And he bought it. And it takes two pilots. There's only eight oh, pilots yeah. in the world who know how to fly it. And there's, I but, think, six DC-3s that are still even worthy of still flying successfully. So there's actually less pilots than there are planes because it's 
takes two pilots per plane. And some of those pilots are here in Southern California because Catalina flying boats out of the Long Beach airport used to have one or two of them that would do daily cargo deliveries to Catalina Island. Yeah. In fact, I believe one of them is still an active uh, service. That's for And awesome. uh, the guy who restored this plane uh, was on the team for the maintenance and restoration of that one as well. But yeah, it's a, just a phenomenal experience. You know, it's low, loud, and slow and super fun. So, I mean, we fly at like 500 to 1,000 feet. And I'm nice. like texting buddies when I'm flying <laughs> over their house. I'm like, dude, look, look up! up. <laughs> I love it. Now, now, I'm like, it. Can you guys like dip the wings? They're like, no, we don't do that in this plane. Wow. So, so now your buddy here, is he the is he the, the whale in Vegas, the big baller throwing down cash on the tables? Or is he the guy you would never know that is wealthy? He is the kind, understated gentleman in jeans, flip-flops, and a T-shirt that you hang out with four or five times before you have any concept of what's going on. Like, I originally was, uh, the first time we met, we were on uh, our checkered flag uh, car club group through the Peterson Museum doing a tour of collections in Detroit. And we were at the uh, Dearborn Concourse, and being the geek that I am, I was like waxing poetic about all the unnecessary history that my brain somehow retains about a particular unique old chord, a 37 chord. I'm like, yeah, it was done by Gordon Burig, and he hated the supercharger concept, and they put these these exhaust pipes that were visible and he hated them. It wasn't part of the original design and blah, 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 blah. And my friend's just kindly letting me blab away. And he goes, Oh, that's very interesting. I never knew that. And you know, I have one of those. I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> and then we walk onto a Duesenberg and I start geeking out again. And so, you know, the, the tachometer in the Duesenberg is called a drum style. And they no. were on the first and he's got a Duesenberg. Yeah, and he's like, oh, I never knew that. I've got one of those, too. I need the list. Like, I, I need the list of cars. And it, it took about a year to get it out of him. But, yeah, oh no. Uh, you know, he's one of those rare, beautiful experiences of someone who has wealth, uh, who's, who it, it's, it's um, how do you put it? Like, it's not about look at me and look what I've done and look what I have. He just enjoys the finer things. He has taste. It's it's about experience, you know. Good so like him. sharing those experiences and that history. And his car collection is very cool in its focus in that it's either engineering verticals, such as the three generations of the GT, or DB1, DB24, DB4, DB5, DB7, and like how the engineering progressed and evolved. Or it's solely about the sheer beauty of that time and year in design. So bringing it back to uh, trucks, how's your uh, TR Thriftmaster line doing? I know uh, we talked to you a little bit about it last time, but those are some badass old trucks you're building over there. Yeah, the Thriftmasters for, I don't know why, but recently we just had a big spike in them. We have seven of them in production right now. We're just finishing up one that hopefully I can show you when you come by the shop next week. I'm actually finally getting to take it out on its first test drives this weekend. And that one's uh, a 51 5 window, but it oh. has four-wheel independent suspension with a Dana Nodular 60 in the rear with, again, hydro-boosted Brembo's, and we put an LSA into it with a Tremec uh, TKO. Uh, what uh, what color is it? Absolute monster. It's this cool blue color, and then another fun detail of those is the bed wood every time. Like, we try and tweak it and geek it and do something different. So, like, you know, one time it's for a ball player, so I did Louisville slugger wood in the bed. And, you know, nice. Another oh, time. dude, that's <laughs> such an awesome... I'm a baseball yeah, guy, A good so. guy lived in an area where, you know, uh, quarter 
artists on white oak furniture was a big thing in manufacturing wow. back in the day, so we did it that way. So this one, the client is an antiquities geek and collects ancient stuff. So we actually found a 5,000-year-old carbon date certified black oak in a bog <laughs> in Ireland. Had it imported. It took Would, a year. You, wait, wait. Did you say in a bog in Ireland? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what the hell? So okay. it sunk in old growth <laughs> logs. It took a year to kiln dry and process them in a traditional manner. And they're not even stained. So it's like this deep, dark brown, almost black, super, super dense, hard grain. It's like an ironwood. And it, it's just so cool. Like it, it, To get something like that over here, just that that piece of wood, what did that cost? Just that one piece. Well, originally it didn't seem that crazy because the guy who had the wood is a fan of my stupidness, and he supported it. He said, oh, that'd be really cool. That'd be a really neat thing to see. Uh, I always loved those trucks. So the wood was about four grand, but unfortunately the timing sucked because it was right when Trump created this new lovely tariff for importing hardwood, and then we got punked for a massive tariff on the wood. Ah. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's one of those details that's just priceless. Like, yeah, it matters. It can't be done again, and it, it's just so unique. And Jonathan's, so and Jonathan's like, look at my wood. <laughs> that's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> my, never mind. <laughs> look, look, at the end of the day, no one needs anything that I'm building. So if it's not pure in its execution, and if it's not unparalleled in its engineering and its drivability. And if we're not thinking through all details to that extent, then what's, what's the point? When when you first started, Jonathan, when when you first started, you reached out to some of the manufacturers or maybe just bought like your shocks and your brakes and you paid retail. And then it turned into, I've got a wholesale account and then you're, you're paying a little bit less money, but then does it turn into at some point where, Steve at Willwood or somebody calls you up and go, hey, uh, Jonathan, can we be part of that next fill in the blank, that next build that you're doing where they know that your builds are so high profile and special that they want to be part of it? Or are you just another wholesale account? No, I'm so excited, man. That I mean, it literally, you know, Brembo is a really good example where it went from me calling Brembo and saying, hey, I'd like to work with you guys, to them going, great, how many are you going to do? And me telling them, they're going, okay, son, you know, bye-bye. Like, call one of our distributors, buy something off the menu, and piss off. To then years later, being at a dinner, uh, sitting next to, coincidentally, the CEO of Brembo, and he says, hey, oh, man, I love Icon. How come you guys don't work with us? I'm like, dude, because I call your sales guys, and they told me to piss off. He's like, no, 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 no. It's imperative for us to work with brands like you because the collaboration and the attention to detail and and the progressiveness in the industry, like that's a language that we speak and we need to communicate. So we've seen such massive improvements in my product, um, thankfully due to the respect that that we've we've been able to uh, garner in the industry, and it, it's made such a huge impact on on everything that I'm able to create. How old is um, is Icon now? Icon's on its eleventh year now. Man, you've done a lot yeah, in eleven in years, just yeah. over a decade. Yeah. Do you ever do you look back and go, I I really hauled ass? Like we did, <laughs> we accomplished. I need a vacation. Lot. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, totally. And, and and especially with there having been no SWOT analysis, business plan, model, intelligent investors, anything. It was just me, my wife, an idea that I had for a different way of building that I wasn't seeing done. And, and frankly, a lack of intelligence that uh, <laughs> I, I, I didn't know any better. I just jumped in and built it and hoped that people would appreciate what I'm up to. And then again, we've been really blessed that uh, not only have people accepted what we've come up with and created, but they actually have become a, a very integral part in pushing that forward and pushing me forward to try newer things and more progressive ideas, you know, such as our uh, developments recently into doing electric vehicle de design and development. That was entirely, you know, something I was interested in and researching, but purely client driven. Whereas, you know, have you thought about this? I'm like, well, I have. But the way I'm seeing it done in the aftermarket, it's a little kind of Radio Shack hack. And really to do it right, it needs, in my uneducated opinion, it should have this. It should be capable of that. It should charge in an hour and a half. It should be more OEM. And then it just, you know, you, you uh, being blessed with the right clients who say, well, kick ass, let's do it. And then I go, well, hold on, man. You're going to be like a serious guinea pig here because I can't tell you how much. I can't even tell you how long. I can just tell you what it needs to be for us to be really excited and comfortable and confident in delivering it to you. And then having clients that occasionally are like, hell yeah, perfect. That's what I want. Oh, that's perfect. I honestly never, uh, never expected it. So uh, if you want to uh, check out a philanthropist, enthusiast, designer, and overall, good dude, Jonathan Ward, uh, you can check out icon4x4.com for, uh, I guess, the uh, Broncos, the Land Cruisers, the Thriftmasters, the Derelicts, and Reformers. And then uh, check out autotypedesign.com, and you'll see the charity that the uh, the Bronco uh, sale was uh, proceeds were do donated to. So that was uh, 10%, so $29,100. think And then yep. also check out uh, Jonathan's other uh, charity, the Go Campaign. Dot com. Well, that was it. Was go campaign or go camping? Campaign. It was campaign. Yeah, go go campaign <laughs> dot org. And, or dot org. Uh, every year we do a really fun large event um, for Go Campaign. This year its theme is vintage Hollywood, and it's coming up in June on June eighth. And we're going to have uh, Rod Emery and singer and vicious mustang and all, a lot of the top builders and creatives in la all bringing really interesting cars out as well as a lot of vintage celebrity cars from the peterson and private collections and all the proceeds from that go to benefit uh go campaign which is all about creating opportunities for kids around the world and then by the way on the uh autotype yeah. design Com. It's not just a $300,000 Bronco that's already gone anyway. We did a line of really cool T-shirts that include uh, Bronco and vintage Land Cruisers and other products that uh, are all made in the U.S. and totally cheap and super cool. And also So anyone can get in on the action, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's a great cause. And where do we find you on social? Uh, Icon 4X4 or Jonathan Ward on Facebook, but really Instagram's where all the fun is, which is simply Icon 4X4. If people are in Southern California, can they come in? Like, is is, is Icon open to the public, or is it just you got to know somebody to get in and check it out? No, we do public tours scheduled twice a week now, so people are more than welcome to come tour the shop and see our lunacy. It's a really fun shop. We're about eighty-eight thousand square feet. Oh my! What the strong. what? 
Yeah, it's the Willy Wonka of craziness. Well, All sorts of fun customs. Hopefully, I'll get a chance to uh, to get up there and and see you next week, and uh, then I'll see you in a couple weeks at a uh, undisclosed something, location something super for secret. something super secret. Yeah, I can't wait. Are there, is there some point where we're allowed to tell that story? I sure yes. tell hope so. Well, it's been such a fun adventure. When that point comes, I think what we should do is get a group of us that are in that group to come on the podcast. And is this talk a new? Is it. this a new product review we or what is it? Talk about why it. is it? You can't even tell me what it's about. I, I'm not even. Gonna, I'm not going to lie. We had to sign. I know we we joke about embargoes and NDAs. We had to sign such ironclad NDAs that we could be sued for money for talking about it. Listen, I, I've hmm. done NDAs with Amazon, with Apple, with huge companies, and they are like a travel flyer versus a phone book when it came to the NDA regarding this project. Yeah. What? But let's yeah. just say it's something everyone's been waiting for, everyone's been excited for literally for decades, and it's something that Sean and, and I and the whole team are super honored to uh, have an integral role in. Absolutely. I, and I, I can't wait to tell the story at some point, but you guys are going to have to wait a little while. And, and just the fact that, uh, you know, yeah, I'm I, so frustrated I get, right now. I get, I, to, I, don't, I, I, uh, I get to share this experience with guys like Jonathan and, uh, and a few other friends. Are you so. going to share it with us at some point? Yes, yes. We'll figure out how to when the time comes. I would say it's probably a, a year away. A what? Yeah. <laughs> we'll be, so so in about 100 episodes. Maybe we'll make it 166 and we'll keep that Hey, oh, oh, there like you go. That. All right, Jonathan. Well, thank you, guys. You are the I best as always. Time. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on and uh, carving out some time for us, and I will see you soon. Sweet. Be well, everyone. Right, Thanks guys. for uh, listening. See you. All right, brother. See Talk you. to you soon. Bye. Well, man, there's a lot of truck news. Can we jump into it? Ooh, you know it. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? Oh! I'm just letting it sink in. <laughs> Did you hear it? Kind of <laughs> yeah. wafted out yeah. and just spread out. It's sort of like when you when you have a real uh, a still body of water, like a lake. Yeah. And there's no wind. Like a pond with lily pads. Yeah, and there's just no. And then you throw a rock. Uh, and the ripples go all the way across. All right, so uh, we got a we got a little bit of news this week. Um, how about the fact that uh, Ram Trucks is still on a roll now with limited editions uh, or special editions of their new Ram HD? Um, now, now, wait, wait. This is the current 19, not the new body no, style. No, this is the new body style. Oh, it is? Yep, which is also 19. And uh, Wait, yeah. what? No, I thought that they, the, the new one was the 2020. Nope, it's the 19. 2020? Wait a minute. Yeah, it's 19. The Chevy's the 2020. Oh, wow. The okay. Ram's the 19. Okay, good. I, I know. It's freaking confusing. Yeah, I was confusing. Okay, thank you. So uh, down in uh, Texas, Ram has had a special edition, uh, Lone Star edition, that you can only buy in Texas. That's sort of like an homage to uh, all of their truck customers down in Texas. What does it look like? Tons of chrome? Yeah. So they got a bunch of chrome on it, and um, you know, you get a bunch of features that are uh, less expensive all packaged together. And so these trucks are offered with a choice of two interior packages, four colors. Customers can choose a closed upper dash door with a Lone Star nameplate badge. A closed upper dash door. So it has an upper glove box, and yeah. so you push the button and it goes. You yeah, know, I know where the, brand, I know, the I know Lone that Star one. brand? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So this one says Lone Star on it, which is cool. Uh, power driver's seat. You connect 8.4-inch multifunction touchscreen, and you get it in uh, uh What is in California? So, so, California, so California and Texas are the two biggest truck states. Yes. Uh, by numbers, yeah, right, and you can disagree with that all you want, but look at the numbers. Uh, so, why doesn't Cali get one? I don't know. I think they just love Texas a lot. 
Good for Texas. Which All right. I'm good with. So the trims available in black are diesel gray, uh, black, and light brown, light frost and black, or all black premium cloth on the inside. So what's cool is the package all thrown together with the, uh, you know, all the little features and stuff and, and whatnot. A Ram 2500 heavy duty with the Hemi starts at 37,645. Mm-hmm. And a Ram 3500 heavy duty with the, uh, the Lone Star pricing is uh, 39,095. Uh, but you can only get it from Texas dealers. So I would get that and I'd bring it into California because that sounds like a cool truck. And you just tell people that you are from Texas. No, I just I don't think, think you cool. can do. I don't think you do that. I think you have to have a Texas driver's license. Well, really? You can't be a poser. What are you talking about? Texans will come and kill you. I've met some of them. Oh yeah. They don't like people saying they're from Texas and they're not. It's not I'm not posing saying I live in Texas or I'm from Texas. You like I just like having the Lone Star badge on I my just, truck. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Then just buy the Lone Star badge. There's some Texans be a real that are way cooler than Californians. I got you know. Oh, absolutely. And they drive a cooler truck because there's no California edition. At least not <laughs> yet. Maybe there will be. I don't know. They got what with some lame vegan edition or something. You know what I mean? Some that means it wouldn't have any leather in it. Tree hugger edition for California, <laughs> right? It uh. would. Uh, it would have. Um, the interior would be made of naga hide. No, you know what they do? They'd have a self-inflicted speed limiter on it or something. Oh, like the lame. EU? Yeah. yeah. Did you hear about that? Well, yeah, I heard about that. Is uh. that? I. That I don't. I, people, I hope it doesn't pass because. That's bad. It probably will pass yeah. in the EU. So for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, the European Union, all of Europe. So the EU is proposing that all new cars have a quote-unquote safety feature that reads the speed limit signs and is, I guess, GPS-based. So it's cameras, GPS, and has a database that will automatically limit the top speed of your vehicle depending on where you are driving. So if I'm going down to 35, it's going to limit me to 35. Yep. So um, – not only is there a big brother side effect, right, and a drivability side effect, but what if you need to gun it in order to get out of a situation, to nope. avoid a crash? Nope. nope. Won't let you. Nope. Dumb idea. So anyway, the uh, Europe is up in arms. Well, the automotive enthusiasts of Europe are up in arms over it. And um, I, the thing that scares me about that is, yeah, oh, it's Europe. Who cares? Well, I care because once that is introduced somewhere, it's a slippery slope, and it doesn't take too long for some a-hole over here to say, nope, everybody here, no more no, speeding. No, I can guarantee you there are San Franciscans that are that can't wait to get this because they hate cars, Ugh. and they just want uh, autonomy. And I, I'm not okay I don't, with this. I don't think – when I heard this news, yeah. my were, blood boiled. Were you sad inside? Nope. I was, I was. angered because – Visibly shaken. I, I, this is a really, really bad one. And th- you, sure, there was the helmet law. It was an infringement on our, on our freedom. But, but saving we, you from yourself. But saving you from yourself, which is how they're going to pass this one too. Anyway. They're going to say it's, it's long, saving yourself. Long story short, telling you it's this bad. is the beginning of the end For automotive of enthusiasts. our freedom. What is the point of buying a, a fast truck? A, a BMW M3 of, of, of buying a Corvette if you cannot go over 55 miles per hour. Or in Utah, 80. Or in Utah, 80. Um, yeah, not good. Not good. I, I don't, I'm not an advocate for, for speeding necessarily. We can only hope. But you should be able to have the freedom to make your own choices. If you're not out endangering anybody, you know, and whatever. But that's, that's the thing is that they're probably banking on the fact that you are endangering They're fear-mongering. Somebody. We're going to save you from yourselves and make sure your car can't do And then that means that all the big engines will go away and everybody have a crappy little car. It's the same people that don't want us to drink a sugared soda yep. and who don't want us to eat meat and don't yep. – it, Don't want airplanes. 
Don't want airplanes. Uh, and um, don't want cows that fart. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. just so uh yeah i'm gonna go ahead and move on from that depressing ass story but and listen guys if if it this is ser- I, I just want to be serious for a second you're really upset about this i'm really upset about it and this is where i'm going to um lean on the sema action network to rally people rally the troops very early on because if this starts boiling some old congressman or some There's senator a lot of them just starts trying to like, I love this idea. Just wait it, for it. It's going, guys, I'm telling you. It's coming here. It's going to come here and it's going to be. Sad. Beyond sad. The end of automotive enthusiasm as, as we, we know, know it. it. Done. Hey, you know what's not ending automotive enthusiasm? Hmm. The fact that the uh, now 2021 Bronco, apparently there was. Um, oh, because they keep pushing it? Uh, yeah, they they moved back. So it's supposed okay. to be unveiled, I guess, in 2020, but won't be out in 2020. And uh, 2021, apparently there was a dealer meeting, and some dealers decided to leak some uh, information. Oh, that's bad news for them. Uh, but good for us. But do they get cut off? Uh, if they find out who you are, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, that's no joke. Uh, but they are confirming that the vehicle that was shown to the dealers will have a removable door and roof in two different lengths. Oh, my gosh. That is a lot of leakage. Yeah. So as reported by Automotive News. <laughs> Wait, hold on a second. That's what she said. Okay. As reported by Automotive News, the dealer meeting took place in Palm Beach, Florida, and those in attendance were uh, given a look at an early build two-door Bronco whose doors and roof sections can be stored in the vehicle's cargo area. The four-door, which uh, was rendered on a trucktrend.com article, uh, will, we think, be the volume seller in the same way the Jeep Wrangler Unlimited is. Uh, apparently, there's also going to be a baby Bronco that's based on a unibody chassis, mm. which is not as hardcore, but is uh, catered for off-roading. So, it sounds like Ford's going after the uh, the Jeepy crowd, and um, the Jeep is killing it last couple uh, of years. Unbelievable! And the uh, Ford Courier that we've spotted, um, which is the Ford Focus based, apparently unibody pickup truck, just uh, yeah. Some stuff's coming wait, for wait, Ford. Wait, 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 wait. You, you just petered out in the middle of that. What do you mean? The Ford Courier and dot, well, dot, we, dot. We've talked about it. It's I'm not super stoked on a front-wheel drive unibody pickup truck. Yeah, but right. But one it's, is it's, coming. It's the ridge line, and it, yeah. Yeah, okay. it, it's coming, um, and whatever. Right. So I, yeah, but, okay, all right, move on. Anyway, all right, yeah, so uh, so moving on. Um, ooh, I've got something real good. That's what she said. Uh, how about the 3-liter <laughs> Duramax straight six that <gasps> nobody yes, has any yes, information yes, about? Yes, 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 tell me more, tell me more. Uh, apparently, uh, somebody leaked uh, the, uh, I guess, the dealer ordering guide online. Okay. And it, man, it's like it's it's like corporate espionage <laughs> from inside. Oh, my God. It's it's funny because there's so, you know, it's just like there's so many people who touch these things. It's an inside mistakes, job. Mistakes happen, right? Uh, I've got the horsepower and torque numbers. Share it. Okay. So, three liter Duramax turbo diesel straight six. Are you ready? Uh, well, hold on, and... 277 horsepower at 3750 RPM and 460 pound-feet of torque at 1500 RPM. Okay, that's healthy. And uh, those are really stout numbers. The uh, Ford F-150, by comparison, is 250-440. Do we know the transmission? Uh, I believe it's the ten. Uh, yeah, the ten speed. The ten speed. I think oh, it is, okay. and not the Allison, but I think it's the uh, the GM version of the ten speed. Okay. And the current RAM is two forty four twenty, 
but I believe those numbers are bumping up to like 260-440 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Rumor, rumors abound there. Uh, so anyway, those are the official Duramax numbers, and um, towing and payload numbers haven't been released yet. Apparently, those were not exposed in the uh, in, uh, insider <laughs> document. Hey, listen, if you're if you're gonna, you, you, Mr. Corporate Espionage Guy, uh, if you're gonna <laughs> leak stuff, leak it all. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Right? Uh, well, this sounds like a, a just an error of somebody putting a document for dealer ordering on the website way oh, way too early. So I called Chevy mm-hmm. and I said to confirm it. I said, "Is this is this it? Is it it? Why, why don't we know?" And I just got Y E S period, and that was all they would oh, say because they weren't happy about it being out. And then of uh, course we have a great relationship. So anyway, they confirmed that those are the actual numbers. Uh, we don't know payload or towing, but the F-150 diesel maximum tow rate is 11,400. It's got to suck for that PR guy. He's just like, man. Yeah, all day long. Sure, yes. That's a- it. And the payload of the Ford is 2020 uh, pounds. Okay. So uh, I'm I'm guessing that this should play in that space. Uh, GM's made a big move to be in the best-in-class numbers game with everybody sure, else sure, with this yeah. generation of Silverado and HD. So don't be surprised if they uh, leapfrog those Ford numbers and then Ford comes right back and does it again. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that's pretty uh, pretty exciting. Although we don't... Um, how, do, how do they how are they going to squeeze bigger you know tow numbers out of that thing? Because it's, like you said, it's always up to um, cooling, right? Yeah, I mean... And thermal management. Yep. So what are they... Get? I mean, at a certain point, you're out of engine bay. You can't just go bigger fan, bigger, bigger intercooler. Yeah, but this vehicle was designed with a three-liter diesel in mind, and it already has bigger cooling surfaces and grills and all that kind of stuff okay. in anticipation of the three-liter joining it. So before there wasn't a diesel, so if they were to have put that engine in the older platform, they would have had to make compromises and stuff. This was designed from the beginning for that engine, so okay. it's, it's ready to go. Um, we don't know fuel economy yet, but uh, we're supposed to have some numbers here pretty shortly because I think you're going to be able to order that uh, within the next couple months. Oh, so, good. I mean, that's huge for the uh, half-ton diesel guys. And I've heard that engine is super sweet. Obviously, a straight six. I'm pretty stoked on uh, what I think will be a really great setup. I'm interested in the suspension, and I'm interested in the interior. It'll be identical to the regular half-ton. Really? Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, although there'll be different suspension tuning and shocks because I'm sure the, I don't know for sure, but I'm sure the weight of the diesel is a lot more than the uh, than the gas engine. Right. Hey, did you see that uh, the very first production Gladiator rolled off the assembly line last week? Oh, uh, you mean like this? Uh, plastic and all, you know, meaning it still had like the blue plastic wrap on oh, yeah. the, uh, Brand the fenders. Freaking new. And uh, I love the turn signals in the fenders. They're bright ass LEDs, at least in this Instagram I'm seeing here. Yeah. It's very that's, cool. That's an option for those. And I believe it was a silver truck that came off. So pretty exciting that Gladiator should be hitting your dealership soon. And yes. check this out. I've got Gladiator pricing and fuel economy. Uh, you're, oh, we, I thought. Back at LA Auto Show? Oh, no. no pricing. No pricing and no fuel economy. So I, I guess, wait, th- this whole time I've been thinking it was going to be like in the low 50s. Okay. Are you, uh, do you want to do pricing or fuel economy first? Uh, I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to do pricing first. And I'm saying. What's it going to start at for the S model? The S model is going to start sport. at 46.50. 46.500. 59,000. <gasps> 
Just kidding. Just kidding. What? As if you haven't had enough of our April foolishness yet. Yes. Sorry about the previous episode, guys. Let's try this again. All right. So the S model is- The sport. The sport. The sport. It's going to go for- Okay. All right. 42,500. Nope. Sport model. Sport model. Starts at 33. Oh. 545. Oh. The Sport S model. Okay. 36,745. All right. The Overland, 40,395. I forgot that there was, there was this many models. And the Rubicon. Okay, so Rubicon, wait, what was the last one? Uh, the Overland. The Overland was how much? 40,395. Okay, so this one's got to be 53. The Rubicon starts at 43,545. Okay, so it's n- just basically the same as the Overland. So you figure... It's about two thousand to twenty five hundred, so uh, more than a comparably equipped JL Wrangler, which is kind of what we were uh, were guessing. Okay, so that's pretty cool. And then uh, fuel economy: two tires available uh, on the. Well, you need four to drive, so that's lame. Yeah, two options. Oh, available. I see. I'm sorry. Okay. I, I, re- <laughs> I remember how my co-host really needs to me to uh, be uh, correct. You got to be specific. the explainer. Yes. Very specific. All right, and the uh, fuel economy: you can get on the Rubicon, you can get either an AT or an MT tire. Okay, and uh, uh, why just one or the other? So that's, uh, I need more tires. Just one. <laughs> well, you actually get five. Okay, good. Uh, so the <laughs> MT uh, is 16 city and 23 highway. Oh, that sounds pretty good. That's pretty good. What's uh, the jail? 19 combined. Uh, well, let's go back. Uh, the AT is 17 city, 22 highway. Okay. And I'm not sure why the AT has better fuel economy than the MT. Hmm. But they're both 19 combined. Okay. Uh, and then a JL for a 3.6 automatic 8-speed is uh, 18 city. It's another mile per gallon better. Okay. Uh, 23 highway and 20 combined. Okay, so, so a little, little better. A little bit worse. Yeah, I mean, the JL is a little bit better than the JT, but you figure it's a lighter vehicle right. too, right? So uh, so anyway, those are uh, those are your fuel economy and pricing numbers for the all-new Wrangler Gladiator JT. Still love it. I know there's some haters out there. Still love it. Dude, I'm digging it's it. It's pretty badass. Can't wait to see him lifted with you. Tires. Oh, dude, SEMA this year, right? Very excited. Ugh. All right, well, let's get into some uh, email. You email? Yeah, I email. Do it. We email. That's right. Everybody email. Type it up. You email. Proofread. I email. Send it. We email. Click it. Everybody email. All right, Holman, I'm going to start with a text message. <laughs> a text message that came to me this morning at 6.05 a.m. Pacific. Yep. Sorry to bother you, but your recording is all effed up on Pandora and iTunes, just a heads up. And then I respond a few minutes later with, check your calendar. (laughs) Because I I feel like he's texting me, you know, maybe I'll let him know. And he says, no, no, it's all staticky. He's he's arguing with me now. And he says, "Uh, it's not the phone because I was playing music beforehand. And I said, how about skip all the way to the end and let me know then? And he says, but it's all bad, except for the beginning. And I said, even the very end? I'm trying to give it to him. Yeah, right. He's like, well, I'm hoping it's my phone. I told a buddy to see if it's the same on his. And then he comes back hours later with a laughing face oh, yeah. and finally figured very it good. out. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, I got one from our friend Emmy Hall today. Oh, Emmy. Yeah, buddy. That's her. If today's podcast is supposed to be a staticky mess to make people freak, then mission accomplished. <laughs> and I wrote back, yes. And she goes, yes. that's just annoying. <laughs> and I said, perfect. And she says, is it two hours of static? And I said, 
pretty much. <laughs> and she wrote, OMG. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> two hours and like two minutes of static. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that, uh, but you know what? Buried right in the middle, which a couple people found our Easter egg. Yes, they did. Master, monitor, key, engine, parameters. Although I was thinking later, we should have done it at 004119. It would have been great. Oh, yeah. Uh, we weren't that smart. All right, I also got another text message. Um, this is from our friend... Jim Morrison, who runs the <laughs> Ram brand for no. North America. Oh, no. Oh, Vice no. president of Ram North America. Oh, someone who we do not want to piss off. He says, uh, tried listening to yesterday's episode and it gets all scratchy. Just as you go to the quote-unquote truck you didn't see coming interview. And I wrote, it's almost like someone's playing a bad joke. Smiley face. And he writes, that's twice. My wife got me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jim. That's, that's so, awesome. So good. And then we got just a freaking ton of email of people just uh, not happy. Um, how about Mark's email here? OMG, I'm shaking my head not knowing if I should be angry or just laugh it off. You guys had me thinking my brand new truck was having some kind of audio issue. I immediately went into troubleshooting mode and I spent half my drive into work switching between audio sources, podcast apps, Bluetooth versus Android auto, etc. After about five minutes of jacking with it, I realized what day it was and I was like, seriously? I assumed you guys were going to eventually say something, so I used the 30 second skip button to go to the end. Yes. (laughs) Hey, get to work. I was that guy. I didn't count how many times I had to tap that button. It was a lot. Just because you mentioned it, listening through my truck, there's not an option to drag the slider through Android Auto. Maybe others were that lucky, but not me. Yes, I tried. Thanks a lot. (laughs) This one's from Lars. Sheesh, you guys. I got to go find the little piece of audio in the middle now. (laughs) I was hoping for two hours of entertainment this morning. Oh, well, have a good one, guys. You got me. Uh, Justin wrote, Hi guys, audio quality is quite poor today. Couldn't listen. <laughs> is this a cruel April Fool's joke or Jaboobly find the suckage meter? Oh yeah. Love the shows. Keep them coming from Justin. This one's from Jim. Hey, uh, guys, the latest episode has really bad audio. I can't hear it at all. <laughs> uh, Mike, it. not sure if I hurt radio hates you guys or if you're playing an April Fool's Day joke. Today's episode is all distorted. Gentlemen, starts Danny, I woke up this morning eager to hear the podcast, but for some reason, it wouldn't play correctly. I heard nothing but static for two hours of the show. I didn't actually listen to two hours of static. I scrolled through it. All will be forgiven if y'all could just get the corrected show up and play it Tuesday. All right, we're going to try our best. (laughs) I anticipate listening to every single show on Monday on my way to work, but I guess... I have a case of the Mondays. Aww. Thanks and great show. Five stars! Ben writes, well, happy April Fool's to me. Yeah, got the truck to head to work this afternoon and fired up the old podcast app, ready for my weekly installment. Made it a mile up the road and thought, huh, my Bluetooth connection was getting interference. Swap back and forth from another couple of shows to test. Then it hit me. I've been had! <laughs> Good one, guys. Now I'll just drive this two hours in silence, thinking about how easily fooled I was. Yeah. <laughs> and that was from Ben. This one's from Colin. You asshats. <laughs> First, I downloaded my latest podcast on Podcast Addict. I thought, what the truck? Stupid app. Then I deleted the episode and re-downloaded. Well, then I said, what the truck again? <laughs> Damn app. I went all the way through the interwebs and found the Truck Show podcast and downloaded it exactly to my music player folder. Same horrible recording. How the truck could these guys let out a horribly recorded episode? Then I saw it. April 1 in the latest download description. (laughs) I am the asshat. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. Eddie says, five stars for getting me really good. Was looking forward to the bean spilling. Nope, sorry, Colin. <laughs> no bean spilling on that show. Thanks for all your messages, and don't forget, hit that subscribe button, share with your friends, give us five stars, grab your friends' phone, have them give us five stars, five stars for everybody! <laughs> and hit us on email, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. The Truck Show, The Truck Show, The Truck Show, oh, oh. And don't forget to hit us up on our socials, at Truck Show Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, and if you hate life... At Truck Podcast on Twitter. <laughs> no, don't do Twitter. Don't do Twitter. Do Twitter. You know what? Uh. But you can leave us a voicemail on the uh, five star hotline, 657 205 6105. That's 657 205 6105. And we want to thank our presenting sponsor, Nissan, without whom we would, the suckage meter would just peg. It just, well, it pegs anyway. Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> but without them uh, supporting us, you may not get this uh, podcast That's in, true. Your, uh, in your inbox. Oh, and by the way, we can't forget our friends over at Deck. No. They make the most awesome cargo storage solution for your truck or van, or I guess if uh, you had some sort of a uh, Camry, you could probably put it in if you wanted to. Uh, would you say a Camry? Yeah. No, you wouldn't put it in a Camry. Camrys are weak sauce. But you could if you didn't have a truck and you needed a lockable weatherproof no, they, storage. No, they only make it for trucks and vans. Oh, all right. Well, if you have a truck or van, then. Listen, if you're, if you're a tradesman, you're a hunter, you, I mean, you got, listen, you could put all your, your rifles and stuff in it, and then yeah. you can put the deer on top because it holds 2,000 pounds of storage on top of the deck system. As you can tell, we're big fans of Decked. We hope you are, too. If you want to find out more about the world's best cargo solution, check out Decked.com. And put it in your Nissan. Oh, and hey, uh, the thing about the, the show that wasn't really the show because it's April Fool's, uh, here you go. We are deeply sorry. We're sorry. We're sorry. We're sorry. We're not sorry. sorry.